Are you telling Hello? me oh, that you what? cut off my great Anya Taylor Joy? I didn't start. Well, now they it wasn't to, cut off. It was just you were you were saving that one for for bonus content. Hello, everyone, and welcome uh, to the recap. This is the Escapist Weekly Live Show, all about movies, TV, and the world of streaming. Uh, this is episode number thirty for Tuesday, April twenty fifth. My name is Marty Sleeve, and I'm delighted once again to be joined by Frost and Jack. How are you guys doing? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I just want to say, Marty, first off, I want to thank you for having me on. I, I reached out Our to you pleasure. and said, hey, I uh, I finally saw that Dungeons and Dragons movie. I'm a bit of a Dungeons and Dragons guy. Uh, so I really appreciate uh, I'd, I'd love a chance to talk about it. So I'd like to come on the recap again. And you said, no problem. Mm -hmm. I have a great topic for this week. Uh, we're going to talk about movies that are so disgusting and horrifying that you feel embarrassed to watch them. And I just wanted to talk about a silly dragon movie. I just want to talk about the film that had the dungeons and, and the dragons and Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, Can we just talk about the silly dragon movie? And you're like, absolutely. Let's talk about films that are so grotesque that you hide them away in a vault. Right next My to sick. Human Centipede. Yes. <laughs> one, two, <laughs> and three. One, two, Hopefully. and three. Was there a fourth? There's not been a fourth yet. I, I tapped out at two. You're, you've got more fortitude they'll than probably, I do. Uh, they'll make a fort and they'll either call it the human centipede or human oh, centipedes. Plural, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Human that's how you make a, that's how you make like a soft reboot oh, of a sequel. Oh, yeah. that's true. A human centipede? Is that the plural of peed? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, that's exciting. Look at that. A little animal, a little bug facts no, for you guys. I am lying to you. I am making oh, I stuff up. Set, set up. Uh, 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 we've got a great show for you guys tonight. Willie Mace Macy's here. <laughs> <Stay> <laughs> we'll be right back. I don't uh, no, great show. Uh, as you can see, our main topic, we'll be talking about um, movies that, that left a, a really deep impression on mm. us, but that we're very hesitant in recommending to people. And I feel like we have this discussion a lot about games. Like, I bring up Death Stranding a lot. It's a sure. game that I love yeah. with every fiber of my being, but I am so hesitant to recommend it to anyone because it is so particular in what it does well yes. that a lot of people would not enjoy it. So uh, we'll be talking about that. Uh, a bunch of stuff we've, been see we've seen, including the D&D movie. I saw the new Ari Aster movie, the new Evil Dead, so we'll be chatting about that. Uh, and then a couple fun news stories. Uh, one, not so fun about uh, another update on the AI future that we are all fearing. Uh, but one <laughs> is fun, that they found the or the original Wilhelm scream. And let me tell you, it did not come from a place I thought it came from. <laughs> Where'd you think it came from? Not a crocodile. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, a bit of housekeeping. Uh, thank you all so much. I already see uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of members and a bunch of mem uh, donations coming through. So thank you guys mm -hmm. so much. Remember, that helps fuel all of these shows and a couple of folks asking for Darren. Uh, Darren is finally coming back from holiday. Uh, he, he is back on Twitter now after a month. And let me tell you, he's not enjoying it. I feel like he should stay off Twitter. He must have been happier yeah, off Twitter. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I, I honestly was yeah. thinking, man, it's so bad without Darren. But then he came back and I go, no, it's even bad in. Yeah, because they're like on ruining someone who's pure. Yeah, absolutely. Where I said, oh, um, no, this is a horrible time. <laughs> but he'll be uh, he'll be back working uh, working full time in a few days, and so he'll be back on the show next week. Um, and if you've seen his articles go up on the site, that's because he is a madman and pre wrote just several articles like each week for the month he was gone, which is just uh, absolutely. He's, uh, he's an amazing individual. He's quite he, he really is. He's pride of Ireland. And uh, but starting off, Daniel Scheinvar, thank you so much for a five dollar donation. Uh, saw Bo's Afraid, didn't like how much it reminded me of my own mom, gave me stuff to think about, but it was a really good, otherwise, quite a trip. 
Uh, we'll be getting into that a little bit later. But yes, it feels like it is very much a movie that uh, you can enjoy it if you have a good relationship with your mom, which I do. <laughs> I feel like if you have a bad relationship with your mom, I would even be higher to recommend it. Because <laughs> I'm like, someone has someone has taken that and, and calcified it in, into filmic form uh, and, yeah. and give it to you. Uh, and Will Cooling with a two-pound donation. Thank you so much, Will. Uh, yes, one of the topics we will be... Well, we'll have this be our first topic, actually. Sure. Uh, nice can we revisit topic. Jack's... Uh, Mario box office prediction. <laughs> I I don't think I made a prediction. No, I, I what I said was I hoped that mm-hmm. it would it would uh, ta- taper yeah. off rather quickly because I did not enjoy the Mario movie, yes. uh, and I think it's uh, what's really nice. Like okay, a small revisit of the Mario movie. What's really nice is I do believe there is a critic consensus now of the Mario movie, uh, which is like it's it is a technically a very bad movie that I liked anyway because it has the Mario things in it that I like. Yes. That's the consensus is every and I think everyone agrees, even people who are like, it's just a kid's movie. Like, that's just saying it's a bad movie. Everyone agrees. Like, oh, this is a technically a very bad movie, but they drive go karts on Rainbow Road. So I'm okay with it. Which to me and my cold dead heart is absolute utter <laughs> bullshit. But I was hoping that that would translate to a, a harsh drop off in uh, ticket sales, and it did not. It's doing it gangbusters. Yeah, uh, it is yeah. Uh, like historically low drop offs. So yes, um, after that really record setting like first it. weekend, uh, it ended up making uh, over ninety million. Its second weekend, only a 36 percent drop, and yep. then uh, over this weekend, it made almost sixty million. Uh, again, only a thirty five percent drop. So yeah, um, uh, it'll still be number one uh, this upcoming weekend. It'll finally uh, taper off. Uh, probably May eighth or May fifth when uh, Gardens of the Galaxy comes out. Right, I imagine that will take a bunch of its theaters, and obviously families will want to go see the talking raccoon. Absolutely, kind of it's, that oh that raccoon. Um, uh, is you know what I don't over. like? So they announced they they announced the uh, the the there's like a bunch of other raccoons in this one, like his like family from like before, like when he got experimented on. Rock okay, raccoon. yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them, seemingly his love interest, voiced by Linda Cardellini, the great Linda Cardellini, who already plays Hawkeye's wife in these movies. What thing? Did you run out of actors? Did you? Do you need to get? Do you need no, to reuse the same actors? I think that was just them being like, we know we did your character real dirty in those movies, so we want to give you more money, Linda Cardellini. We're so sorry. <laughs> and you'll you'll have a you'll have a deeper and and more satisfying arc as the yes. talking raccoon, <laughs> than wife of Hawkeye who is trapped in nowhere because her husband is a superhero. Yeah, yeah, she's like uh, literally trapped on a farm and then dusted. And then dusted um, yeah. to protect her. Uh, but but so, yeah, people love the Mario movie. People like seeing Mario things. Uh, Nintendo, I believe, has officially announced they are working on other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what you get. They're going to anything that you uh, that you like video game wise, Nintendo wise, uh, they're going to let the minions handle it. And it will be garbage for a long time because of you, because of all of you. You shameful, I like you said shameful let the bastards. minions handle like the minions. Yeah, I was the thinking ones, the like, minions the are despicable yeah. me. Yeah. 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 yeah they're the, the ones. It's your fault because you, you like the minions too, you damn asshole. Those two, yeah. You just have yeah. them. But boy. But boy. What yeah. uh what pie in the sky? So we talked about like Mario, Zelda. What weird Nintendo? What do you if you want Nintendo to get weird? What what kind of a movie you want to see them do? Ooh. If I want Nintendo to get weird. Like I want like Wally, but with the Rob the robot. The, the robot that you could buy for, with the original NES. Yes. No, like I 
I would actually, I would 100% love like a, a dark, slow, aliens esque, uh, <laughs> sci-fi ramp up uh, a metroid movie i think that would be badass it's not gonna happen right. uh give me a, a dnd like simple adventure with link and zelda it's not gonna happen they're gonna go back to it's just gonna be fart jokes and it's it's gonna be minions Aww. everything's gonna be minions i think minions everyone including myself wants to see smash as far as like let nintendo get weird with it i want to see the smash movie who would you voice who who would voice master hand or whose hand would they both have to be the master hand? The master hand. In case you guys don't know, the master hand is ultimately because Smash, they're all toys. Yeah. Come to life. I want LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton or Ingmar Levar, Bergman? Which no, one did you say? LeVar Burton. That's who LeVar I want. Burton. Reading Rainbow, master hand. That's who I want. That'd be great. Yeah. He doesn't have to speak. It would just be his hand with a nice, with a nice little glove. <laughs> yeah. No, but he would, he would knock it out of the park. He would. LeVar Burton's incredible. Can do yeah. no wrong. He can, he can do probably wrong. do something wrong, but yeah. You know. He's, he's fine for now. Uh, one of the things we hinted at uh, at the beginning was uh, the original Wilhelm stream has been uh, Wilhelm scream has been found. That's right. The the original audio recording of the session uh, that yeah. the Wilhelm scream is from. And for those of you who don't know, uh, you, uh, if, if you're not super film nerds, the Wilhelm scream is that very famous scream that you hear in just about every major movie. Uh, if you, if should, you've ever, should we each try to replicate it? Shall I play it? I have it. Oh, can you play it? Yeah. Yeah. I could play it. Yeah. No, I'm nice. just, can we, we're going to get DMCA. It's free, right? It's, like, it's oh, free. Wilhelm? The Wilhelm property. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, it's, that's old enough. Anyone can use that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll be quiet for 35 seconds and I'll play that starting right in you. Man getting bit by an alligator and he screams. Okay. Quiet. Hey, quiet. Oh, quiet. Shut up. I compressed it ahead of time because the balance on the old one was all over the place. But yeah, it's this is incredible. I knew That's like you're like a real producer. <laughs> I knew of where it came from, you know, man getting eaten by a crocodile, but never heard the like talking through it, which I was like, yeah, that I would like the make sense. Giving him yeah, it's like, it. no, it's a real scream, not an owl, yeah. like a real. No, you scream. can't, you can't say owl, and and like as soon as he as he gets that like feedback from the director, we hear the iconic yeah. death scream. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, a lot of people, uh, if you, if you read the article that goes along with it, a lot of people, uh, contribute the, uh, the Wilhelm scream to the same guy that made the, uh, purple people eater song. I want to get a job in a rock and roll band. It was a one I don't have that clip. <laughs> What are you uh, not but, my grandpa? No. You're not playing that on the jukebox. But we, you know, we don't know who the uh, we didn't we have no proof of who the original voice recorder, uh, original voice actor is of that scream. It was just part of kind of a sounds library that was used. Uh, you know, most famously, I think it was used in Star Wars uh, mm -hmm. as Lucas is an old film nerd, and then after that, it was just used over and over and over again as yeah. an homage, probably to Star Wars, as an homage to older film. So it's become a bit of a running joke. It's the Alan Smithy of audio jokes 
Uh, and and now we have this like piece of history that uh, that uh, freesound.org uh, and its contributors are doing a great job archiving these uh, these lost tapes. Yeah, it's interesting that um, you uh, like the origin of the Wilhelm scream. And then uh, later on, you, you will talk about it later, but you watch Nope and how like Nope is also sort of creating a fictional story out of the unknown origins of what may be the, you know, the first thing ever put into, uh, put on film. The first movie yes, ever exactly. put on film. So I want, uh, uh, I want a Wilhelm scream movie about everything that was going oh, like, on in that room, like, everyone's like, lives, how they got to that point. So you want like air and Tetris, but Wilhelm. Yeah. But the thing is, I wanted to get right. The final scene of the movie is everything leading up to that point. And then the guy saying, uh, not like a cry. I want to scream. And then the guy takes a deep breath and then the movie ends. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't even play it. That's all. Never even get the Wilhelm scream. We are no. not fading to back black gunshotting the Wilhelm no, scream. No. Stop. That would, you we should are... make it. Make, make it yourself. Uh, I'll do that. I know. I've seen a bunch of movies. I can make a movie. I, I, I kind of like that. I don't know. I, it gave me goosebumps <laughs> listening to it because I love yeah. actor desperation and talks of like what it took to get that great take, like the scream in Lord yeah. of the Rings, where he said one more, and he actually broke his foot on, on, on yeah, the, kicking the, the helmet. helmet. Yeah. yeah, and it's like wow. Also, don't scream. be kicking helmets. What are you doing, Gergo? Also, don't be right. Well, and it's also like a really neat insight into kind of like what a what a voice actor does, where it's just like, I'm just going to throw out 18 takes of the same thing, get one piece of feedback and keep throwing stuff out. We only hear the the one point three seconds of that mm -hmm. scream. But, you know, this it's a it's an industry. It's a job. It's it's a beautiful bit of of movie history that luckily uh thanks to the people at freesound.org uh that's a site that i use a lot uh <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's for, yeah thanks for our sponsors at freesound.org sometimes i one of my one of my tricks in streams and podcasts is i claim someone to be my sponsor and then i uh send them an invoice <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I so see what, uh, see what happens. I do the yeah, opposite. The great folks at Lacroix uh, were were kind Ooh. enough to send me some spicy water, and so I'm just gonna send them nice. an invoice. Yeah, I, and by uh, send me some, I mean I bought it. I, I have ad placements, and then I I make a fool of myself, and they pay me to stop. <laughs> I like that. That just works. That just Beautiful. works. Uh, Nick in the chat said, "I can't wait for someone to listen to this podcast in their car and have someone walk by to a bunch of screaming." <laughs> Don't know what it is ah, though. Who's listening to this no podcast hole. in public? Yeah. Oh. windows are up like, like, oh. <laughs> um one uh, uh pretty much the polar opposite of this story which was uh if the wilhelm <laughs> scream was like a beautiful piece of of uh pop culture history um our future is looking very bleak because uh joe uh russo in a recent conversation with uh joe russo one of the russo brothers who directed the avengers affinity war and endgame uh was in conversation with epics uh donald mustard about the, which that, can we just talk about how Donald Mustard not, is a very funny That's not name. a real name. That's not that a is his name, that's, Donald Mustard. That's, no, that's, that's not it. a real person. No, and it's like I, Ronald McDonald. That's this man Donnie sells Mustard, hot dogs. Making characters friend of Jeff Keeley. Making characters with stupid names is my job here at the Escapist, and I I dislike that you're taking my job away from me. As you quickly take a note, like uh, Adventure is my character, Donald I'm, Mustard. Yeah. I'm quickly quickly crossing out Donald Mustard. Jeremy Mustard. There you go. <laughs> you got your next one. Uh, it, uh, the two of them had a uh, long uh, conversation about the future of um, sort of AI in media, yeah. and uh, here I'll drop the link here. But there was there was one bit like Joe Russo's. Um, extreme excitement 
for how AI can influence uh, uh, film and, and television and, and content as a whole, even though that's a word I hate, uh, was kind of weird coming from a creator uh, because there's a single quote that I wanted to pull out, but he said uh, he sees in the future that you could just walk into your house and save the AI on your streaming platform and you could say to yourself, hey, I want, uh, I want a movie starring my photoreal avatar and Marilyn Monroe's photoreal avatar. I want it to be a rom-com because I've had a rough day and then it renders a very competent story with dialogue that mimics your voice it mimics your voice and suddenly now you have a rom-com starring you that's 90 minutes long so you can curate the story specifically to you first off that is but the first thing my mind went to is like that is the creepiest future of porn yeah it's like just uh, say what you want russo you want fan fiction you want self-insert fan fiction at a whim i guess for free i don't know what you would pay for us for a service like this Oh, it's you know it's a monthly subscription. Oh man, you know it's part of Twitter Blue. I'll take the yeah. <laughs> oh god, I'll take I'll take the free ad version from for mine. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's just like coming from a storyteller. And granted, like their stories have been in the realm of other IP, and then when they tried to make their own, they've all been pretty bad. Like the Gray Man, and there's this movie Ghosted on Apple Plus with uh, Ana Ana Armas and mm. uh, uh, Chris Evans. Oh, but, I saw like, that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, but they've, you know, they're responsible for two of the highest grossing movies of all time in the the Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame. And so I don't think they're, they're not, like, terrible. I think those movies are both really entertaining. And I think Winter Soldier is, like, really entertaining as well. And and they, a bunch of episodes of Community that I really liked. And Rest of Development. So I don't dislike these people. But this, and I don't want to say this people, because maybe the other Russo disagrees. Although I doubt it. They seem like hive mind. What do you think? The hive mind twins, if anything? You call yourself Russo brothers. I can only imagine. I mean, it's the same thing like the Cohen brothers. Do they disagree at anything? Do they? Well, they do because they stopped making movies together. Oh, yeah, that's right. The one Cohen made Macbeth. (laughs) Now I'm just the the Cohen brother. The yeah. one, the one Cohen is like, eh, you know, I've kind of, I've kind of hit my limit. AI has taken over. I, yeah. Okay, so like AI, uh, especially as creators and AI as a creation tool, I feel very, um, I feel very, I gray about it. I don't know where I stand yet because. I think it can be incredibly helpful uh, AI and it can help remove a ton of the barriers that exist to getting into the creative field. If you can render a full movie using AI prompts, that means literally anyone can make a movie. And that's very exciting because theoretically that means like anyone can make their idea happen. But if that technology also exists and, you know, Johnny fart pants over here wants to watch him and Marilyn Monroe, because by the way, who's still, who's still going to be talking about Marilyn Monroe when this technology comes out? It made a Marilyn Monroe movie last year and no one watched it. Right. Get your head (laughs) out of your ass, Russo. Yeah. That's how, yeah, that's how discreet yeah. it was. There were two of them and we forgot one happened. We forgot about them. <laughs> and so it's like, if you have the technology to put yourself in AI generated movies, uh, people will stop watching movies because that people are so incredibly self-centered that that's all they will want to see. Uh, it will destroy uh, several creative industries, uh, which, which will be great because, you know, we, we need that apparently. <laughs> so That's yeah we had a whole we had a whole episode where we talked about this um it's kind of uh piggybacking off the that uh nothing nothing forever the seinfeld ai generated thing on Twitch. <laughs> uh, yes yes so we talked about a few months ago and and uh you know darren felt very very similar to us uh about the topic but it's it's something i don't know like do you is this something that you think we're going to be discussing 
for the rest of our lives? Or is it something like crypto where I'm like, I feel like we're done talking about that, right? <laughs> like, like and crypto and NFTs, it feels like we're done talking about them, which is nice. I, like, I feel like, you know, crypto and NFTs were so easy to like it, it was so easy and so quick to be like oh these are just giant scams but like people kept falling for them but i want to say the majority of americans were like oh no those are just huge scams we mm -hmm. can all dismiss that yeah we are at the precipice of ai actually being able to be competent at things sure. um you know and again it's it's ai like what we're talking about mostly is chat gpt which is just autofill like it's just text generation Mm -hmm. but it's becoming really good at it. And on one hand, it's, it's like I said, it should be empowering for those people who have uh, barriers to reach a creative field. And I think like much like, you know, digital video editing opened up a world of filmmaking for people who couldn't afford, afford film. Uh, there could be some great artistic innovations here. The other side of it is the corporatization and the bastardization of art because uh, it only AI can only work on the models it was trained on. So uh, you're only going to be churning out the exact same thing, yeah. which is also what people do. People also churn out the exact same thing. So, you know, it's a mixed bag, right? I think the conversation yeah. will always be around because I think it's inevitable. It's the creative spirit, but then the discussion of tools that get so much, like the tools become so good that the tools become the artists. Like, I don't think that's a thing. Plus, you also have to deal with consumerism, just consumerism mm -hmm. um, in, in its cold end, because you have some people who do want, um, hearing this, what the Russos want, this competent story with me in it. I don't want that. I want to seek out something that someone else made that, that uh, vibes with me. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Some people do want just competent stories. That's why I think it appeals to, to Russo. Using his own word, competent, that's kind of what I would consider a lot of his own films, right? And mm -hmm. just some people are okay with that. I yeah. don't think... I don't think we'll be outside picketing like <laughs> no more AI. I've always enjoyed the spirit of creative minds alongside with tools that help you uh, be even more creative because really what AI is good for is taking away a lot of the muck, right? Like let's say mm -hmm. like video game AI, maybe AI that fills in the scenery isn't the worst thing because like, do you, yes, you're taking away a job, but do you really aspire to just be the guy who's filling in the background? Right. Like you could be doing so much more. And that's more or less what I want is that for every bit of AI that does take over a kind of baseline human productivity, that that's a chance for creativity to come through instead of right. getting worry, bogged down on product productivity. If, well, sorry, sorry to cut you off there, Marty. I just want to hop off with something Frost just said. And if you have an AI that can fill out the background, that means your one man team, video game team, can make a much bigger game if you have that tool. So sorry, yeah. Marty, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, that's, I mean, ultimately the democratization of technology is something that is good. Like yes. That as yeah, a yeah. concept, I think is very good. Uh, one thing that worries me about the scenario that Frost said is, is even though I completely understand the like you like in my brain, that all makes sense. But the thing that worries me is like, I feel like what you're getting rid of is entry level positions. I feel like what you're getting rid of is someone's foot in the door. Like uh, this came up mm. uh, recently. Ubisoft mm -hmm. announced that they are um, exploring a, a, a sort of AI generated NPC barks. Um, and it's like, so sort of the things, if you're running through a city and watchdogs, the random shit, a character you walk by, will say, and like, 
they're using AI to sort of create a first pass at it, and then uh, you know an actual writer is going in and 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 looking at every line and tweaking it or whatever. Absolutely. And certain writers were being like, "Oh my god, that's great! That's like you're taking the worst part of this uh, out of our hands, and then we could focus on being creative." Yeah. And then other people were like, "That could be someone's first writing job in the industry." And mm. by getting by by sort of uh, you know. Um, um, wetting their appetite on that, they're able to move up from there and be a junior writer on a game, or then sure. be a narrative designer on a game. And so, uh, it is a little, it is a little worrisome that uh, kind of the slippery slope this goes down. But yeah, I'm definitely not like uh, uh, abandon all hope when it comes to this. And I do <laughs> think there's always going to be a percentage of people, myself included, who wants a sort of handmade, curated experience whether it's oh, a yeah. story or music or games or, or well anything. and if we're thinking about movies this is part of a much larger decline in cinema in general which is by the way something we have known was coming since basically since netflix started streaming like we have this is something that we've been talking about i mean when did netflix start streaming how long ago was that 1922 uh, probably- <laughs> google <laughs> what happened <laughs> Probably 2008, 2009. I like how you're just throwing out numbers <laughs> like that. Just one eight seven two seven seven. Uh, but so come? this is something that we've just been talking about, which is like the the movie theater experience has drastically changed in our lifetime, mm-hmm. and what we will continue to see. Uh, this is something that we all agreed and talked about for for a long time, which is uh, we're going to see a lot more like art house theaters thriving and larger theaters, larger theater chains taking on more art house approaches. How, Mm -hmm. oh, we have less seats, but they're more comfy. Uh, We have less showings, but they're at good times. You can all choose your seats. We're going to, like, we are going to curate this experience for less people, but make it more expensive for those less people. And that's still where we're going. And the curated you know this. The, you know having a rom com with Marilyn Monroe will still be in the realm of streaming <laughs> because that is something that will be very personal. So we're just going to see that theater space get less and less. For those of us who already go to art house theaters, very little is going to change for us. Yeah, I, I feel like much like how if you still go to the theater and see a play. Like that hasn't changed in the last hundred years. Is there still one or two, you know, play esque theaters in your in your city, and you go to see those plays? Like, yeah, that's going to be the movie going experience for those of us who like movies. Yeah, yeah, and no, I think if anything, AI is just really good at making um, little collage mashups that would fill in Dadaism for for any generation. It is good <laughs> at being wacky, but at its core. Like even Russo has named so many things that are essentially given context through human. What's a, can an AI make a Marilyn Monroe, right? Like right. You're base. You're essentially just going. Give me all these twenty things, and they're all human. What? There's yeah, no creativity. There's no origi- mean, originality. Like twenty years ago, AI. Square Enix tried to create that digital actress with Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Oh, tons of things still try to do that. So yeah, and then they were like the the, the character, the main the main character, like the digital. Image of the main character of Final Fantasy Spirits Within, Square's plan was to have that person be able to star in other movies that weren't Final Fantasy movies. So oh. that digital mm. figure 
to star in other movies. And then the movie bombed and they closed yeah. the studio and they fired the creator of Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened. Oh, right. Well, and, you know, always remember that there will be like there are also natural checks and balances. Uh, I have uh, I know someone who works in marketing. And they use, uh, you know, chat-esque AI, not I don't think chat GPT, but other ones to write copy, you know, to write <laughs> uh, articles, to write blog posts for customers, to write email blasts uh, to to whatnot. Uh, and what I have been told by them is that if you write a blog post via a uh, artificial intelligence, Google flags it as written by artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and lowers it in the search engine optimization. Yeah, yeah. So then he has to hire someone to make a second pass at his uh, blog post to like change humanize a few keywords, to humanize it a little bit. And he's like, he's like, so, you know, like there's still a human element here. But instead of, you know, writing one blog post a day, now they can humanize five blog posts yeah. a day. It's like, but why not just have them write a blog post? <laughs> like, how much money are you saving? <laughs> yeah. So I guess to me, that's the other part of it, which is hopefully this will just get rid of all of this useless shit that we didn't want anyway. Yeah. The funny. Yeah. So what, <laughs> uh, when I lived in San Francisco, I used to host uh, pub trivia at a couple bars every week and <laughs> it was great and i loved it and I, I one of the things i loved was like coming up with questions and i'd have a note on my phone and i'd just someone would say a random fun fact i'd write it down and they come up with themes and everything yeah yeah uh, i know someone who still does it now and they say they could just use ChatGP to create 40 yeah. trivia questions every week and you could be very really specific and be like i want 10 pub trivia questions about uh the famous fictional pets in yeah. movies and TV. And they'll just create it for you. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, you're taking the hard work out of it. Chat GP is coming for my See, you, see you can do that specificity, but when you're trying to be a bit more vague, a bit more ambiguous, that's when it just completely falls flat. As someone who spends yeah. a lot of time using Google search and Steam search, <laughs> search engines suck. Can't imagine AI like being able to handle all it's, that. Also, if you want to do a hand, they can't do hands either. They can't yeah. do hands. It's kind of amazing. My, my, I have two experiences uh, with chat GPT, which I, I genuinely do enjoy. I think it's a really fun uh, thing to play around with. One, I had it, uh, just as a joke, I, I asked it to create for me five funny names. Because, you know, like, that's my job. That's my only yeah. marketable job skill is I can make up funny names. Uh, <laughs> like Donald Mustard? Not, like Donald Mustard. So, and it, <laughs> it gave me five funny names, and they were pretty funny. But then I mm. asked it to explain to me why they were funny. And it wrote me two paragraphs of super herb comic theory it was actually really great talking oh. about like the contrast in the names how they are you know clearly uh not names they are based off of silly sounding products or this and this it was it was a master class in comedy and i was like this is great this is hilarious this like chat gpt gets it uh i'm i will be out of a job soon and that's great <laughs> um the other thing I used it for was for Adventures and I actually, because uh, we use Foundry VTT, which uh, you can code stuff into. I don't know if I've told this story before, so apologies. If I didn't I know have. about this. Um, so uh, I found a code. Uh, you know, we use the, our 2D characters, right? And uh, in Foundry, you can uh, click on a character image, click on a thing, click on a thing, and flip the image to make it look like the characters are facing each other, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, there has to be an easier way. There has to be a shortcut to do this so I don't have to, like, click through the million things. So uh, I found a shortcut to flip it one way, but just flip it the opposite way, not flip it back. 
Oh, it's like, oh, shit, shit. So I put that code into chat GPT and I said, explain to me what this code does. And it broke it down line by line. This line does this, this line does this, this line does this. And I said, okay, now write me a code that does the opposite of this. And it wrote me a code and I plugged it into Foundry and now I have two shortcuts, one to flip it this way, one to flip it that way. And I did it in five minutes and it was wonderful. And so it's like, oh, for me, who doesn't know how to code, doesn't understand code, I now have access to this world. Uh, I have a foot in the door in this world where I can now participate uh, uh, on a more even playing field. And I think that's a really nice and neat thing that AI can do. That is, that's that's pretty fascinating, actually. Right. So yeah. uh, if if we translate that to a creative field, like someone who perhaps has, uh, you know, severe dyslexia or ADHD uh, and has trouble writing scripts like this can be a tool to help you get your ideas into a more flushed out manner. That's really nice. Um, it can help you, you know, write an email to someone to uh, reach out for a job opportunity. If we look at it as a tool, the prospects are really amazing. I'm not saying the danger is not there because I think the danger is there, but it's interesting. Yeah, and I, I mean, I completely agree that it is a it is a tool, just like the internet is a tool, and the internet can be used for good, and the internet can be used for <laughs> fucking bad. So yes. Like, um, um, yeah, and uh, Jason Tudor mentions, I think y'all are underestimating how quickly AI is becoming more powerful by the minute. Today's AI is not that of five years ago or five years from the future. I don't think we're underestimating that at all, given the fact that, like, I, so I brought up the AI, or I brought up the internet, which mm -hmm. I think the internet was created in, like, the early 80s, like, 82 or 83 19, or something. 18, I think. <laughs> 1918. Before <laughs> Netflix, yeah. And so... Uh, just early just 80s, before Netflix. That's right. Uh, most of us, I don't want to speak for all of you, but I don't, most of us probably weren't on the internet until some point in the 90s. Like, I wasn't on until the mid 90s. Yeah, it was called ARPANET before that. Funny enough. ARPANET? ARPA. ARPANET. It's, it was, came before the internet. It was mostly just in colleges. Fucking nerds. <laughs> I was calling mostly the college in, kids nerds, not you. It was mostly in colleges and a way for military bases to share information. Uh, mm -hmm. And the military bases got their funding because Al Gore was on a committee that helped fund the internet. That's why he helped create the internet. He, re he literally did help create the internet. It's a weird thing. Anyway. Thanks, Al Gore. <laughs> Rogue but yeah, so it took decades for the internet to get to that from where it was then to, oh, we have a computer in our living room that one person can use, but then we can't use the telephone to, oh, we have really fast internet on this desktop computer, to we have it in our pockets, to uh, it is essential for our entire lives. And that took yeah. several decades. And mm -hmm. so, like, the idea of this, like, AI, like, yeah, we're, see we're, gonna, we're seeing this grow in a much more truncated space than, um, than the internet did. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'm sure this is going to be a very different conversation a year ago than it was uh, uh, or a year oh, from yeah. now. Oh, yeah. When we have, like, if we come back six months from now, the conversation will be drastically, drastically different. Uh, we can only talk about what we know right now, though. So, yeah. because we are not AI. <laughs> we are not AI and we are not soothsayers. Also, it's not, yeah. it's not that fun because I like thinking about the AI that we have now because if we, if we were to just go into the infinite, infinite yeah. the infinity now you're talking about ai that's so powerful it can create anything it can do anything you've just made gods again <laughs> we've already had our zeus now we're having zeus ai yeah, like, yeah. at that point it's not nearly zeus as fun AI. but uh yeah no growing up in in those towns that were very hesitant to grow with technology or they're taking our job what about our job it's like maybe you know get out of the coal mines you can 
you can be more than that. We can be more right. creative. Uh, I welcome AI, but I still think, if anything, I'd like to see it perform well. I have a small little thought in my head that I feel like maybe Russo or someone else has used a lot of AI stuff, and they're trying to warm up the audience to it. Like, really? Would it be that bad if, you know, if just saying, if someone made an AI film, and like, once the waters are okay, and now it's passable, you're like, guys, I have a confession. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier was AI. <laughs> All of it. Oh. You know? I'm, hey, ChatGP, which Avengers should uh, survive the snap? <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. Still flipping a coin, it's like, ChatGPT, which one's... Would be most fitting but i'm almost wondering if it's not uh, the lady doth protest too much me thinks but it's sort of like you know guys it would it be the worst thing uh if uh someone made ai films competent ai films you know no i think i think like russo no no offense as uh they've created many things that i truly love uh uh, uh, like Arrested Development and other things, they they were help mm -hmm. they they were helping make some truly unique and and wonderful, interesting content. I think they've now just grown too big and they're enjoying the smell of their farts too much. Uh, uh, so what? Oh my God! That imagine all that money, yeah, right? And so it's like they they've reached a point where they no longer care about the, anything. So we we can we can only trust them as far as their farts will carry them. Dear ChatGP, how far do my farts go? Not very. <laughs> oh no, ChatGP. It's it's just like the conundrum of if there's too many white collar workers, now there's a there's a big dip in the blue collar sphere, and you have to train yeah. for those, and vice versa. Let's just say AI does rule for the next ten years. Eventually, you're gonna run out of original material. You can't just keep on rehashing AI over and over again. Like that right. Balenciaga Harry Potter's making the rounds. Well, you have to know what Balenciaga is and you have to know what Harry Potter is to understand that's like, okay, I, I get this now. You can't mm -hmm. just be incoherent, incoherent, incoherent. You need something grounded for the incoherent to work. AI is very yeah. good at being incoherent. That That's the appeal to it. It's just once it's time to get serious again, it's not going to, yeah. you can't do it can't right now. <laughs> Can't put the genie back in that bottle. Mm. Uh, which which is a beautiful segue into the weird and bizarre and the the. I, I you've you've discovered you you've described this as abrasive art, which I will agree with. <laughs> um, and like the things that does push those boundaries to make sure, like, oh yeah. AI like can make some really weird stuff. It can rehash stuff that has already existed, but um, we're humans are significantly more fucked up than, than we like to admit. So. <laughs> yeah. So that, that is kind of like the perfect, uh, the perfect yeah. segue to the topic that it just, uh, it kind of just occurred to me because this weekend I saw uh, a pair of movies, uh, Bo is afraid and uh, evil dead rise. And uh, Bo is afraid is the uh, third feature film uh, by Ari Aster, Mm -hmm. uh, and and this kind of segues into a superb owner. Thank you so much for a five dollar donation. Says Marty, how does Bo Afraid stack up for you against uh, Hereditary, Midsommar, and then Ari Aster's for a short film, A Strange Thing About the Johnsons? Uh, extremely different. Um, <laughs> well, the strange thing about the Johnsons is, is the weirdest fucking short film I've ever seen. So that sort of that exists in its own. Um, the the plot the 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 the, the plot of. Uh, Strange thing about the Johnsons is the father walks in on his son uh, who has been masturbating, and it turns out he's masturbating to a, a a picture of the father when he was younger, and so that's where we kick off in the strange thing about the Johnsons. Is that why it's me... Johnson? Or are they like what? <laughs> <Is it> innuendo? <laughs> or... Johnson and Strange. 
That's my both of them. Much more palatable, I think people have seen uh, Hereditary and Midsommar. Uh, Hereditary, a breakout uh, A24 uh, horror film, and Midsommar, sort of a bigger budget. Um, I would describe it as, I don't know if I describe it as a horror movie. I think it's like an empowerment like, revenge movie. But Hereditary was one of those movies that like cinched A24 is like, oh, this is, this is high class horror, you know, like art house <laughs> horror. Like Hereditary was the thing that was like, oh, yes. Uh, would you would you care for a snifter of horror? That sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, those movies kind of kicked off along with the Vavich uh, kicked off the <laughs> Um, discussion about elevated horror, which yes. is something that so everyone like, who makes these movies if, if hates it, that term. Like if it did not As they come, should. if yeah. it did not come from the valley of horror, it's just sparkling thrillers. Or, or <laughs> exactly, what are these? Yeah. Exactly, Frost, um, you brilliant maniac. But yeah, we got um, you know Ari Aster with with this uh, with his uh, early movies coming around the same time as uh, Robert Eggers, who did uh, The Vivitch and the Lighthouse and The Northman, and then Jordan Peele, who did uh, Get Out and Us and Nope. Uh, and so right. these uh, all three of them, in my mind, like circle the same. I don't want to say the same drain because they're I, I like all three of them, so that's not really how that works. Circle all the, the same sun. Orbit beautiful. the same sun is the beautiful. Um, Bo is afraid. I mean, like Nope and like um, uh, the Northman is the least horror of those three movies uh, of, of that uh, director's three movies. And Bo is yeah. afraid is mostly it is a first off three hours long, which is part of the abrasiveness oh, is what are we yeah. doing as a as a firm believer in the tight 90 club? What are we doing with a three hour movie? <laughs> also, you brought this up earlier. Uh how comfortable seats are in theaters now, which yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking back to like, remember when we saw like Lord of the Rings in those like really shitty seats in theaters? Hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, three hours. Granted, I was like 20 years younger, I guess that's how I sat. That's exactly three hours in a very uncomfortable seat. I would seat, do but it. Like, I, I would do it again. It. I would do I it w- uh, again at this age. I might bring one of those blow up donut pillows from a butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I remember hard concrete, horrible seats, even yeah. uh, just cheap mm-hmm. $5 at theaters. It was almost part of the appeal walking in, knowing you might walk out because your shoes got stuck on the floor. <laughs> or you can't walk out. Yeah, you can't, or you go back in, you got no socks this time. You're not going back in this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, Bo is Afraid is uh, a three-hour, uh, the story of uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character who is uh, an extreme, like, agoraphobe and, uh, uh, well, is agoraphobia just uh, being afraid of outside, but he's also, like, socially, he's just afraid of everyone, he's afraid of everything. Like, he's afraid of the world around. is it's afraid of large open spaces, so okay. outside or, or any, anything large and open, not necessarily outside. Yeah. But he's afraid of of everything. He's like he's afraid that the world around him is the nightmare that like Fox News describes American cities as. Sure, like when sure. Fox News describes New York or San Francisco, that that's the world he's afraid of. But the film presents the neighborhood he lives in as that. It's like fucking oh, Grand Theft Auto Online <laughs> with mods. Okay. It's like horror. Like going across the street to the corner store is you have to like cross a like ser- a naked serial killer who's just stabbing people in the neck with knives and like like just people having sex on the streets and cars running into lampposts is this a metaphor yeah. <laughs> no, that's the thing is like he's also like he's he uh he's like taking this really strong experimental drug and so you don't know if like oh this is supposed to be there. the world of this movie or if this is paranoia within him um yeah but what follows is this three hour sort of um a nightmarish odyssey on him trying to get back home to his mother uh and uh, the movie has just long stretches of non sequiturs. It has uh, it, it is very like uh, uh, segmented in uh, 
like it'll change genres, change aesthetic, change if the movie becomes animated for a while. Like it's just a very right. like like oh, kitchen God. sink of a movie. <laughs> um, it's it's ending like <laughs> it's ending. It's one of those endings where when the credits roll up, the credits are still over an image of the movie. So it's oh. not like you touch the black and the credits roll. Old the credits school. are appearing on an image of the movie. And it was like a war of attrition to see how many people in my theater were leaving. And like, I could hear the grumbles of like, what the fuck was that? As people <laughs> were leaving. Yay! Uh, but this sounds I, like 100% my jam. I'm I very excited it. about it. I loved it. It made me, it made me feel something. It made me think it, it, yeah. it made me uncomfortable. Um, and it is the exact opposite of like comfort food movies or TV shows that I love, like things that I like just yeah. will devour and be like, this is this is my safe zone. Like I'm rewatching Lost now and Lost is like a safe zone for me because I like 100%. it and it's nice and I, I know everything that's going to happen. Um, yeah. And so I was curious if you guys have movies that for one reason or another are things or even TV shows that like you you appreciate and enjoy. But just for one reason or another, you either can't recommend it to people or you might not even want to revisit it. Because you just want to kind of keep it where it is in your memory. <laughs> uh, I do. I, I can go first, Ross. If you yeah, have at it. <laughs> there, I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple movies that I will own on whatever high definition uh, format I can, and I will never watch again. But I want to have it available to me at any point because they were such big experiences for me. Uh, the one the one that I can think of is a movie I desperately enjoy and will never watch again uh, is an old movie called Happiness. Oh, yeah. Hold on for a second. Todd William Salons? H. Uh, what? Directed by Todd Solanas. Oh, that could be. Let me. Uh, da, 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 da. Not the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, I was, I was thinking. I was like, because that's one I can't watch. That's hard to watch for me. That's <laughs> Because of Will Smith. Uh, just the struggles of a dad doing the best he can for his son. That's why I got Dumbo on my list as well. Just that, like, you're bullying this baby elephant the entire time. He he gets sung and cradled by his mother in prison. That is hard to watch. I've only seen it once and never again. The scene, oh, it hits you on, like, such a deep level that you're like, I can't, I can't do this to myself it's again. It's great. Yeah, I can't do it because there's some feelings I don't care to feel recreationally. <laughs> You know, there's enough Aww. of them in life. I don't care to just like, oh, you know what? Let's let's. Have, I'll have a cry, sure, but not that kind. That like, oh, it makes you feel so bad, so remorseful, so guilty, so whatever. That's just like, ah, what's happening? Oh, uh, this is uh, this is a, a bit of an art house picture. It's got Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. John Lovitz is in it. Uh, Dylan Baker, uh, mm. who most people uh, probably won't know of but will play like a creepy dude in just about anything it's beautiful he played the li didn't he play the lizard in uh, he or he played dr connors he I don't played think he dr connors in spider-man 2 uh yeah. the toby Maguire spider-man 2 but uh you know he's also in trick our treat uh as a weird creepy guy but uh yeah no it's a movie just about terrible people doing terrible things acting terribly towards each other and it leaves you feeling incredibly uh depressed and apathetic about humanity in general mm -hmm. um and I, I love it i think it's a, a beautiful beautiful film <laughs> so that that is my dog i don't know if that's picking up on my microphone but my dog is behind me and no, because i, I it, it is my dog is behind me and laying down and sighing heavily every time i talk excitedly because i'm not <laughs> petting her <laughs> so every once in a while i'll just hear uh, <laughs> No, that Hubba doesn't Hubba. pick up. Hubba, Hubba. Uh, 
uh, Casey in the chat said Devilman Crybaby is a show I couldn't bring myself to watch again. Uh, I completely feel the same about that. That was an anime series that is just so kind of like mean and oh, yeah. it's like mean spirited. Yeah. yeah. And I watched it once and I'm like, all right, that's good for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to do this again. Um, and I feel that way about certain horror movies too. Like, I love horror movies, but yeah. there's certain movies like, um, like Martyrs and, and Come and See and Climax and uh, a Siberian film. I don't really like a Siberian film. I like those other three um, that are just so fucking intense that I've like appreciated the artistry on display, but I'm like, mm. I think once, once was enough for me. And I also wouldn't recommend like, that's kind of where I'm at with evil dead rise, where if you're like a hardcore horror fan, I'll be like, yeah, go into this. Just know it's like gnarly as hell. But yeah. if you are just like, I like it when Ash uh, has the shotgun and he works in the <laughs> store. I'd be like, I don't know if you should watch this movie. Cause it is like, also I, I want to talk to Darren about it. Cause like it's directed by this guy, Lee Cronin, uh, who's mm. Irish. And I want to ask him if everything's like, is everything all right in Ireland? This dude's, a, this, dude's like, this dude's a raw sicko. Like, holy moly! Like, Evil Dead Rise might have some like the gnarliest gore I've I've yeah, seen in no. uh, in a in a like a widespread movie. And uh, Frost, you described it as macro uh, micro, micro gore, micro which gore. I really liked. I've seen, yeah, because uh, I like exploring through the genre, see what I can find, and that's how I ended up with my like my death game vibes because of the psychology of how humans deal in these locked in situations. Those are my favorite, but then I find that I don't. I don't much like micro gore separated from macro gore being like someone's head just got chopped off. I'm like, all right, sure. Yeah. But if yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm peeling the skin slowly and you get to watch like, no, yeah. no, nah, brother, sure. not having that. It was uh, what was it? I think <laughs> this set in when I was watching the newer King Kong movie, they were having at it with the samurai swords. I'm like, all right, all good. Why not? And he catches it. I'm like, dope but then he slowly pulls on it me and my friend both started squealing <laughs> so hard and i was like okay yeah because we're fine with legs getting chopped off we'd watch so many horror movies uh, but it was like evil dead evil dead in 2013 i think at some point it's like uh like slits the bits here yes on mouth or something i'm like nah i'd rather see her head go clean off than that yeah and like 2013 evil the evil dead like does a fantastic job at both because yeah it will do that like micro horror like like you can you understand the pain of a paper cut here right Mm -hmm. but then you know it ends with a like downpour of blood and a chainsaw through the skull which is i fucking i love that movie so fucking yeah that part's part's really good i think it's really fucking good it comes from watching jackass now that you mentioned the the pain of a paper cut where they yeah. oh my god in the web yeah i think that's where that started for me where i was just like oh god i can right? see anything but not those <laughs> an interesting thing so i think one of the reasons like i loved my screening of evil dead rise and it was because it was like a packed night showing and like the audience was there for it like yeah, they were yeah. like stickos who were like hooting and hollering and like Love, I love me a hoot and a holler. <laughs> I love me some hooting and hollering sickos. Whereas, like, if, if you were just like sitting, if like you had, you're like sitting with a pal on your couch, you're like, oh, let's fire this up. It's on Netflix now. Like, I feel like I would be incredibly uncomfortable if you two weren't on the exact same wavelength. Um, so yes. I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, sort of, uh, when you see something, how you see something, for me at least, can uh, also impact that. Yeah, well, and and like basically, yeah, what was it? I, I remember ages and ages ago, like people 
when was this? Uh, uh, it must have been recently. Someone was talking about having like a a, a horror movie night. This must have been around Halloween, and I want to mm-hmm. say I was streaming with Yahtzee. I forget. And someone was saying, "Hey, like you know, I'm having a horror movie night, and I need some movies to play. Is The Lighthouse a good movie to play?" <laughs> Like for a party, and you know the answer is absolutely not, no. um, because because it is like it's too much. Like that yeah. is a that is a weird ass movie. Like even calling it a horror movie might be too much. It's yeah. it's psychological. It's, it's weird. We, it's just fucking weird. Um, and so like there is a difference between like oh heads are being chopped off and we're all having a good time watching that versus a visceral experience yeah 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 (laughs) which which is like know your audience and know like know your own taste know what kind of sicko part of yourself that you need to hide away from the rest of the world is what basically what marty is saying here and that's like one of those things if you're like not on board with it i totally understand being like this is not for me this is gross i mean yeah, I, I, I get it like there's there's certain movies where i'm like everyone should watch this and enjoy this and there's other movies where i'm like yeah i i, I totally understand so yeah i wanna. get it i feel that way with some like specifically game of thrones stuff where i was like i don't need to see the baby being born i don't <laughs> not not with this much intimacy that's between her and the doctors there was a lot uh, house of the dragon had a lot yeah of, that's what, uh, a lot, yeah, of, a lot of, just, of birth uh, birth violence <laughs> birth gore i think in that sense birth that's gore. why some like erotic scenes or i guess just uh, sexual content scenes uh mm-hmm. can have that sort of uh, disparaging audience where it's just like that was artistic that was just you're being a nasty you know and i guess that's a line that uh, it's, it's different on everyone right uh-huh. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jack's here to talk about That's my boyhood phase. Y'all see Cronenberg's crash? <laughs> uh, they're fucking each other's scars in a car. <laughs> oh God! I, love uh, I think about that every crash. time I pass a uh, fender bender. Yeah, a crash. <laughs> Cronenberg's crash is a delightful. I wish That's, that movie would have won Best Picture instead of the other crash. Instead of the other crash. Yeah. That's another one I think about. Where it's like you got to think like. Like even just bringing it up here, where I, like I can say that in front of you because y'all know I'm a movie sicko. But like in in public in uh, polite conversation when you're talking about movies with with the normies, like that's one that I probably won't bring up. Like oh, mm. Crash, you're talking about the Oscar winning film, right? Not Cronenberg's that's what I assumed. See James Spader's uh, Scar fucking. I mean, that's I also uh, uh, around most people. I don't bring up that strange thing about the Johnsons. Ari Aster did those other movies, which I'll be glad to describe. <laughs> and I don't mention that short film. Uh, but I think the, uh, the fine line there as the topic were hard to watch, but still enjoy. Right. Still feel yeah. like you know, they're having a good time because I've watched a lot of things that are hard to watch, but I didn't enjoy them. I think that's it's a lot easier. Oh, to come sure. Sure. Do you do you think that either end of the spectrum has something to do with how invested you are in watching a movie? Because I I know several people who very passively watch movies. They don't care about movies. They're like, oh yeah, if a movie's on, I'll watch it, I guess. But you know, I don't necessarily care about a movie. Where even myself, where it's like, oh, if I just want to put on some noise, I'll you know pop open a rom com that I've seen a million times, or mm-hmm. you know, any Netflix rom, any Marilyn Monroe rom com with my avatar in it. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> that's just fun background noise. I love a good yeah. rom com. I legitimately right. do love rom coms. But like if like, oh, no, my plan is to sit down and immerse myself in this movie. So I'm going to be there for the paper cuts, for the head explosions, for the scar fucking. Um, 
So it's like, do you think that that's just a viewer perspective too, where it's like some people just don't care enough to be invested mm. in, uh, you know, the Vovich to get to the brilliance that is the Vovich. And that's the thing is that sometimes that in order to understand the brilliance, you do need to have experienced the slow build. You need to experience the nipple rip yeah. to, to get exactly. to the brilliance mm. that, yeah, uh, that is the Vovich, you know, because yeah. you can't un fully understand the allegory of a young woman uh, dealing with her own sense of self as she becomes a fully fledged woman, unless you get past the part of the movie where a crow rips off her mother's nipple. Yeah, uh, it's like it's mean. all part in there. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Frost, get, are you gonna wait, Dad, you seen the Vovich? I think so. I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those I passively watched. I've seen mm -hmm. Anya Taylor Joy. The Queen's Gumbo is in it. Fucking love Queen's the Gumbo. So much. I think that was the first time I ever saw the Queen's Gumbo. Uh, it's great. I, the Queen's <laughs> Gumbo. I was watching. Uh, I was watching the Vovich uh, and very much enjoying it. And my wife uh, walked past just as the crow ripped off her mom's nipple, um, and she was just like, "It's eh, symbolism." And I was like, "No, no, nah, you know what kind of movies I watch. Get out of here." Is that not? <laughs> is that not the one where like the brambles grab the boy or something? I would think it's something else. I got too many witchy ones. Oh no, here. you're thinking of little boy brambles. No, no, I don't know. I don't think there's any brambles. I don't know if there's any brambles. Sounds like you're still talking about Evil Dead. Probably. Yeah, that movie's definitely got brambles that grab boys. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, the Vovich is like a really slow burn, like uh, probably like an old like colonial family uh, who who uh, they uh, they have to move out into the wilderness because right. uh, people think that she's a witch. Yeah, yeah. I think it does come to what Jack says about the investment because I don't really just watch films casually. I am more so like mm -hmm. I'm with intent. You know, I, I want this yes. on. I want to watch it. So when I'm there, it, it kind of just hits me full force. There isn't no like I was cooking and it's like, what's that nipple got ripped <laughs> off. I was cooking, you know. So I'm very much there the entire time. So be more salt. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hmm, yeah. That, that didn't yeah. No, and I, I think that has a lot to do with like I think a general audience. You know, if we can pull all the way back to the success of the Mario movie, I think a general audience watches movies very passively. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not. I like. I find that offensive, but I'm not saying that as a condemnation to general audiences. I'm I'm trying sure. not to, at least. Um, and so I think. <laughs> Uh, to get to your real point is you need to know you need to know if you are uh, recommending something to someone who is an active watcher or a passive watcher. And most likely they're going to be a passive watcher. I I am very sparing with my recommendations for my weirdo arty farty fuck films. Um. Yeah, that's why I never. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, knowing your audience is one thing because I will. And it's 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 tough on like a podcast or a show when hundreds or thousands of people are going to end up watching this thing to be like everyone should go out and see blank because there's very few things I think everyone should go out and see. If I know you, right. I can sort of curate what I think you would like <laughs> or what I wouldn't like. No, you don't. Like, yeah. There's certain when when Nick's on the show, there are certain shows where I'm like Nick, you probably you wouldn't like this, and there's other shows where I'm like Nick, you fucking you would love this if you sat down and watched this. Um, you know, it's because I've I've known Nick long enough to sort of be able to to get somewhat of a. Tastes of his tastes. Taste mm -hmm. of his taste. That was gross. You don't need to say it like that. that. A little, it sound, it does it sound like, like you are sucking on his tongue. Yes. You don't need to say it. Uh, like Beast March, get us out of here with a $5 donation. Any discussion about movies we love but never want to see again must include Requiem for a Dream. That's one I see brought up a lot. That's the one I put on mine. Yeah, Requiem oh, for yeah. a Dream. Just super visceral. Same thing with like train spotting. Enjoyable, funny seeing Obi Wan yeah. just freak out in Scotland, but also yeah. he's yeah, in, yeah. in the throes of heroinism. Heroin yeah, addiction. Yeah. <laughs> heroin, heroin, heroinism. 
Yeah, you know, where he's a female protagonist. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, abs no, abs yeah, no, yeah, no, that's my Midwest, yes. Oh, don't uh, you know. Yes, absolutely. Like any any of those movies that are brilliant, but you have a hard time watching. Uh, oh. uh, like another one on my on my list is Dancer in the Dark, the uh, Bjork. The Bjork starring uh, film that is a, a slight musical, mm -hmm. um, a, a movie in which uh, myself and a friend had to quite literally carry my wife out of the theater because she was crying so hard. Oh she God. was unresponsive at the end of Dancer in the Dark. Um, a, a beautiful wonder as someone who loves monsters metaphor dancer in the dark is one of the most beautiful films yeah. I have ever, ever seen. Um, I, I don't know if I can physically watch it again. I own it. <laughs> it is in my collection for always. Um, but I don't know if I can ever watch it again because I know how it ends and mm. I don't want to be there again. Uh, yeah, he's Bjork. he's interesting because uh, Lars von Trier. A lot of his movies kind of fall in that, like uh, with me, like Antichrist and uh, the House That Jack Built and Infomaniac. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, however, uh, Pure Pyro with 100 bits in uh, Twitch earlier mentioned uh, Melancholia. Thoughts on that? And I think that's one of his most watchable movies, mm. and one I recommend to people. Mostly because it's, I call it Majora's Mask the movie because it's about the uh, a celestial body just falling. <laughs> oh, okay. there you go. And it's guy, it's like Kirsten Dunst, and there's like they're all at a, a fancy wedding, and the moon is falling. Uh, it's very nice. It's very good, but it's just about it's it's about just being sad at the end of the world, which I like. Mm. Sure, sure. That's a you know pretty easy to a concept to grasp. That's mm -hmm. pretty that's pretty normy for for Van Trier. That's great. Yeah, I'll Von Trier. Uh, I'll take those. Yeah. yeah, the ones that cut in deep. I was like, there's enough of that in my life. <laughs> I don't need that in my free time, too. Like, even something like there. Okay, so one of my favorite movies of all time is Wet Hot American Summer, um, uh, which is, uh, in my mind, like a brilliant and perfect comedy. Um, uh, but it is also an absurdist comedy. And so even that movie, which is like, in general, just like a boner comedy, but even Wet Hot American Summer is something that I have a hard time recommending to people because I feel like you need to have a modicum of film knowledge in order to fully appreciate how funny it is. Yeah. I, I think many people will watch that movie and just be like, it's just kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't quite get this aspect of it. And it is a movie that requires a little bit of homework as far as like the creators uh, boner comedies in general like you know mm -hmm. if you haven't seen weekend at porky's you might not get it you know uh so so like even something uh as seemingly normy as paul rudd can be a little on the he is normy he's he's super yeah, normy yeah <laughs> you know, did you know he came back from the quantum mania he went there, but he came back. He went to oh, the Quantum Mania, but then he I came back. You know what? Uh, I still haven't seen Quantum Mania. I I wanted to watch <laughs> Quantum Mania uh, on my Friday off, and instead I watched Willow. Uh, so, <laughs> Friday. So, and you know what? I'm not. I'm not disappointed. So, no. There we go. Uh, either way, Disney got its money. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I didn't. I didn't speak about this genre, this format. The hardest to watch and possibly explain, but still enjoyable. A lot of anime. There's a lot of anime I would yeah, love to recommend yeah. to people, and I go, well, you know, never mind. That's just a lot of, yeah, okay, just eyes wide open, like, mm, uh, Blue Lock, it's nice. I know, I know someone who started, for some reason, 
uh, the first Evangelion thing they watched was the end of Evangelion, which I'm like, this is literally called the end of. Why would you start here? <laughs> but there's yeah. a scene early on where our hero, Shinji, uh, masturbates on a comatose body of his friend. And it was one of their, like, what but the it, fuck am I watching? And I'm, like, trying, like, part of me wants to explain. explain it. Then the other part of me is like, no, you for starting there. <laughs> you would have understood it <laughs> had you put in the legwork and watched the rest of it. Mm. So, no, you're just going to have to live with the knowledge that I like this thing where this boy does this very disgusting thing. Um, it's anime. A, oh, God, that happened once. I was, our, our teacher what, said that happened to you no not not that the oh. like uh i gave a rec- like the joker review of like this happened to my buddy too yeah, yeah kind of like i gave a bit of a recommendation but it wasn't meant like you you did this to yourself thing and they try to put it on me it was in french class and our teacher was just looking for french films to watch at the end of it and i said i watched uh what was it perfume i don't know if any of you guys have seen that one it's got like yeah. Dustin Hoffman in it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a very it's interesting sniffers. sniffers in France. Yeah, and uh, it's got some very visceral scenes. Like at the start of it, everyone was looking at me in absolute horror. The poor Mormon girl was just like, I, I think she thinks she's going to hell for what she witnessed, and blamed me for it. But yeah. everyone was like, "Were you sicko? Why did you recommend this?" I said, "I I just brought it up. I didn't say we need to watch this." But by the end of it all, they were all like, "That was the most beautiful film I've ever seen." Oh, and I said, "Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah." Well, yeah, I mean, so, the snow owl over in the YouTube chat uh, brings up a point that I would like to address here, which is uh, uh, quoting me: "If you don't have film knowledge, you can't appreciate this movie." Snow owl then says, "That's the most pretentious thing I've heard in a while." Gatekeep, gatekeep harder, guys. Snow owl, uh, one I. 100% agree that that is pretentious as hell. Hi, I'm Jack. I'm pretentious <laughs> as hell. 100%. How's that different from other things, though? It's like if you just walk into advanced biochemistry and it's like, well, if you haven't taken the intro, you just won't get it. Right. How pretentious and gatekeeping of you, Professor? Oh, right. Well, and uh, again, uh, Snow Owl, this is within the context of me recommending a movie. This isn't saying that you can't enjoy it. This isn't saying that you won't or will enjoy it. This is whether or not I will recommend you watch a movie. And so there are a lot of people who I don't think will enjoy that movie, so I won't recommend it. So that's the context in which I said that thing. Does that make me pretentious? I am sure. I'm 100% sure. I don't know if that makes uh, me a gatekeeper. Maybe I don't know if it's a bad thing, but you're not allowed into my wet, hot American summer. (laughs) I will. No, no, I will happily show anyone wet, hot American summer. They will come over. We will watch it. I will laugh exactly as hard uh, every time. And when they don't laugh, I will laugh even fucking harder because I love that movie. So staring them down (laughs) like and then it's like, why don't you get it? Why don't you love this as much as I do? Oh, um in any case but uh so like yes pretentious gatekeeping maybe but please keep in mind the context of whether or not i recommend it that's what i was referring to that that's kind of what the whole discussion was about because i think in the end we want them to enjoy it so for them to maximize their enjoyment sometimes i go you might need a bit of homework for this yeah it's almost like what those old parody films where they probably weren't nearly as funny if you didn't get the references on the more yeah. on the more baseline kind of thing. So even more so for a director who's like hiding references to their older films. It's like maybe it sounds pretentious, but it's for your own good that you kind of need to watch these other ones first. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're not going to fully understand scary movie unless you've seen Scream, that sort of thing. But but uh, you know, again, I I'm okay. I'm okay being pretentious. <laughs> Where's the badge of honor? Right. I I understand that I am an arty farty Fuck. 
so anyway, <laughs> before we move on to the D&D movie, which is uh, decidedly probably not pretentious, uh, I wanted to do two last uh, super chats on the topic. Uh, one, Mr. Tickerton, uh, $5 dono, thank you so much. Mine, strangely enough, is the Where the Wild Things Are movie. Saw it with my mom, we both came out crying. The movie is definitely not for kids. There could also be, like, you can have a very your own personal history brought to something can absolutely impact that. Like if, like we were talking about Bo is afraid where if you have a, a strained or a non-existent or bad relationship with a mother, you might have a much different reaction to that movie than I did. And that's mm-hmm. any element of your life. If you lost someone to cancer or a friend to suicide, or if you moved away as a kid, or if you were bullied, like different art is going to speak to you in different ways. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I've felt like insane that there's certain movies I've been with people who like sob during and I'll just not I'll be like, I enjoyed it, but like I didn't yeah. didn't hit me. And then I'll watch something like The Fountain and be like, Dude, so beautiful. Yeah, my my How girlfriend, did you do this? My girlfriend can't watch anything where the dad dies in the end. She just has a very strong relationship with her father. And I was like, Yeah, yeah Armageddon is it gets that or yeah, that's the Bruce Willis one, right? You got it. Yeah. yeah. That's Ar- not your uh, not deep impact uh, Armageddon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, George Lucas, not Wild Things, the movie with the threesome and Matt Dillon, oh. Where the Wild Things Are, which oh. is the porno theater you go watch Wild Things at. Remember Wild Things? We only show Wild Things. No, Kevin Bacon, Nev Campbell, was it Matt Dillon? Richard. Was it I think Matt Dillon was in it. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. Like, he's, like, so. he's like Kevin Bacon's looper. No, Kevin Bacon was in it. Kevin Bacon was in Wild know. Things? Oh no! Is my you're brain of, playing tricks? You're on thinking me? of Matt Dillon. Oh no! Hold on! He's, hold on! He's thinking of Tremors. Gotta, <laughs> what? Uh, I'll, first of all, I'm I'm always thinking of Tremors. No, Tremors. no, you're right. You're right. We're wrong. Oh, apparently you see Kevin Bacon's dingling in the movie, according to Jason. I, Tudor, that's so why I remember it. Nice old dingling. Just, yeah, I also, I also have movie? I also have archives of just like the actors whose bodies I've seen. Yeah, and a lot of it is funny enough, like Marvel people. Uh, because you see a lot of those dudes shirtless on like the best day. Of no, their no, lives. I'm not like, talking shirtless. Like I've seen Tom Hardy full frontal. You know? Oh hell yeah, he's not Marvel. Oh yeah, he's Marvel. He's Venom. Yeah, he's Venom. He needs to be more naked in Venom. He's yeah, naked more. Venom. Right. Yeah, yeah. However, that sentence works. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So my my film cred is preserved as I know what movie Kevin Bacon has been in. Oof. I was worried there for a see, second. Now, that that is your gatekeeping. If you don't know enough Kevin Bacon, you get thrown out. If you like that is that that's my favorite uh my favorite game to kill time is is the movie game which is you name a movie uh then someone has to name an actor in that movie then you need to name uh, uh the director uh or another movie that that actor has been in then you need to you know like you go back yeah. and forth uh, movie versus uh actor movie actor movie actor it's a great game only film snobs uh because then you can try to you can try to throw them for a loop where you like pick a really obscure movie uh, that they need to name uh, another actor in, but if they can't, you have to. So it's always oh, it's great. yeah, no, uh, mine. If, it, if we're staying within the realm of Will Smith, I gotcha. Oh, <laughs> outside of that, I flounder a bit. I'm, I'm just... Hancock. All right, let's go. We have we brought up Hancock on so many episodes of the show. <laughs> it is wild. Timeless classic. Shout out to Hancock. Uh, and then the uh, last super chat before we move on. Uh, SVS Guru, thank you so much for the five-year-old donation. Also, someone in chat the other day, I don't know if you're in there, SVS Guru, asked what the what the SVS stands for. So I will pose that question to you if you want to share it with us. And if you don't, yeah. that's fine. Uh, just watched the latest review of Picard Season 3. Mike and Rich loved it. So who is right, the hack frauds or Darren? 
No one is right. Both. Because they're art all giving is, their opinions. It's all, it's yeah. all art. And I don't want to. I don't want to speak for Darren because Darren's not yeah. on the show. I also, I give negative shits about Star Trek. Like, yeah, yeah. I care. I care a, a, a sub zero amount about Star Trek. Um, so yeah, I and I, I think like <laughs> I, I think the the important thing, like as someone who l- capital L loves Star Trek: The Next Generation, um, uh, from all of the terrible things that I've heard about the first two seasons of Picard, the fact that <laughs> anyone would even be willing to watch a season three. Uh, tells you exactly how broken the system is, is Mm -hmm. like, like I can't uh, like, and this is a conversation I have had with Mike J and Rich of just like, why are you giving this your time? We only have so much time on this planet. It's so bad. And, you know, but you know, they're, (laughs) they're hard, harder core fans than I am. That's, that's why it's broken. The, the fact that we are giving Picard season three, any air in our lungs is why they will keep churning out mediocre, bad rehashed. Shit. Has it's there been a fault. general? Cause well, I feel like the more people <laughs> I've heard more people say positive things about Picard season three than I've yeah. heard negative. Well, surely um, by, by now, uh, anyone with negative opinions is kind of done. <laughs> so you're just you're done. No, yeah, but they're not. They keep, they watching. still go. Oh God. They keep watching it's amazing I mean, it's people's job it's like darren's job oh right Darren. right, right. absolutely yeah. yeah yeah and i think part of it at least uh star wars is obviously a thing i do love and i do mm. keep up to date on and i think part of the reason i stick with the mandalorian well a it was part of my job but the, I, I kept watching it because i remembered last year the the warmth and joy i felt from andor and I'm like, Star Wars, you're still capable of doing this to me. You are still capable of like making me believe you can just this world on. is real. No, and we so, can just move on. You you can. Andor was so good thing. that I can't move on. Yeah, I wait Fuck. for you guys, though. I wait for you guys to say Andor was good. <laughs> then I watch it. I'm not, I'm not going to be there. Day right. off. I've also heard, but, I've heard pretty good things about Visions. Star Wars Visions oh, Season 2 sure. coming May 4th. Right. Also, plus like. Also, something to remember, like it's all art. Everyone has opinions. It's all subjective. There is no there is no objective criticism within art. It does not exist. Fuck you if you think it does. Um, I'm angry at you if you think it does. 100 (laughs) percent. I'm waiting for you to say that said. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Mario movie is not good. (laughs) Um, uh, So remember, like it is a reviewer's job to tell you how they felt about a thing. Darren is telling you how he feels about it. Uh, Mike and Rich are telling you how they feel about it. It is not their job to tell you how you feel about it. So they're just, they're just guideposts. That's their job. It is their job to articulate their thoughts on any given piece of art. So no one is correct. Mario movie sucks. <laughs> Unless you have a blue check mark, in which case your opinion is definitely correct. Cause it's paid, yes. yeah, that's I, right. I paid to be that's correct. Right. Uh, Nick right. Grumbles been a member for 21 months in early access. Thank you so much, Nick Grumbles. I'm tired of member Barry of everything I loved. Th- then stop watching. I'm tired of member Barry of everything I loved. What wait, does that mean? You understood I have no that, Jack? What? Wait, well, how did you understand that? Why yeah, did you what? respond to it? What I tried. I'm. T- I assume that. Uh, I assume they are referencing now. Uh, here's okay. Ready. I have not seen it, but I I have heard that there is a South Park episode called Member Berries about uh, the power of nostalgia property. 
And so someone is if someone is referencing member berries, they're referencing nostalgia in a negative way. That's what I have clicked in. Uh. And so if someone is saying I'm tired of member berry of everything I love, then again, stop watching. That's all you have to do. I have removed Star Wars from my life after <laughs> season two of The Mandalorian, and I have never been happier. I, I don't. <laughs> It's, it's not a part of my life anymore. And, you know, people will complain about this and praise that. And it's like, oh, I don't have to think about that ever again. You will be a happier person. But what about when season six rolls around and Grogu gets his first kiss? Yay. Under the bleachers. <laughs> under the, Smoking under the Mon Calamari bleachers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what sport they play on, like water polo, because it's a wet planet. There's two types of planets in Star Wars. There's wet planets and there's dry planets. Tatooine, dry planet. Camino, okay, here, wet planet. Here's the thing. If uh, if they turn the Mandalorian into a uh, Riverdale-esque high school <laughs> drama in which Grogu gets his first kiss, I'm there. I'm there day one. <laughs> he accidentally pops a boner and it goes... <laughs> hey, no, no, it goes... <laughs> and his boner was the lightsaber the whole oh, time. Oh, God. I was ex- like a Wilhelm screamer. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, I feel like that's a perfect segue into the D and D movie. Jack, you saw the D and D movie, and you're a big fan of the D and D the the game that people play with their voices <laughs> and their imaginations. Think, what did you think of the film? I think, I think lightsaber boners are the perfect transition. <laughs> that was a, that was one of the very, one of the ten thousand great gags in uh, 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 Spaceballs. My that's right. Is than yours. That's right. Uh, uh, okay, so transitioning into the D and D movie. Uh, it feels moot to talk about it at this point, as we've talked about much larger and more interesting things uh, here. So here's the uh, here's the breakdown. It's it's good. It's it's a good fantasy action comedy like it is perfectly competent. Uh, Chris Pine is, uh, as always, uh, radiant and charismatic, and we love it. Uh, it is has he best, Chris. I believe he's best. Chris. I think he's better I, than Hemsworth. I think he's better yeah. than Pratt. And I think he's better than Evans. I, I would put him as best Chris. Chris. Yeah. yeah. I'm better than one. Not as good as Chris Christopherson, though. Oh, because, well, that's two Chris's and two Chris's is more powerful. <laughs> Chris Bryan. <laughs> um, and, you know, the fact that he is playing a bard uh, character like is wonderful because, of course, he is charming and charismatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's good. It's a it's a good movie. It has a, a good story to it because the story isn't revolving uh, around uh, this. You know, un, unlike the Mario movie, like it actually has a, a competent narrative that involves the characters' relationships and their goals outside of referencing D and D things. There's a ton of referencing of D and D and D things. He's not a bard. He's a rogue. He's both. He multiclassed. He's a bug. Oh. He's a he's, he's a, a rard. He's a rogue or a rodish barg, much like Mortimer. Over on Adventure is Nigh. Make sure to check out SideQuest <laughs> too. Uh, episode uh, two just came out for early access members last week, Saturday. But I I believe he is a bardish rogue. 
Um, uh, but uh, no, it's 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 good. It's wonderful. It has a lot of really fun moments. It has uh, some genuinely uh, good heartfelt moments. I think uh, it's big downfall for me as as we are talking about like these movies that are visceral and aggressive and like have these amazing moments that will forever be burned into your brain because, you know, someone took a chainsaw to a witch's skull and it rained blood. It's like that's a beautiful uh, imagery. I think the downfall of the dungeon or the the whimper of the Dungeons and Dragons movie is there's nothing necessarily special about it. Mm-hmm. Which is a byproduct of Dungeons and Dragons itself. Dungeons and Dragons is generic fantasy and it is supposed to be generic fantasy because you the DM and you the players fill it with interesting things. Mm. So- <laughs> Talking Joe Russo's movie of the year, yeah, perfectly competent. <laughs> it's, Forgot it's, which Russo it was. It was, it was, it was uh, Joe Russo, is it not? It was Joe. Okay. You were right. Um, is so so when you when you walk out of this movie and you say huh. it was fine, it was good. No, it was good. It was, it was a good. good movie. Yeah, and sometimes that's good enough, right? I think that's like a thing. Is like everything doesn't have to be my favorite thing ever or a complete pile of shit. Like right. sometimes good is good enough. Is that oh, go- and it is. Uh, is that how it goes? Jack, did you like Bullet Train? I didn't see Bullet Train. I didn't oh, see Bullet Train. All right, never mind. <laughs> okay. My Turing test is gone. <laughs> oh, no. I uh, No, I didn't. That's uh, Brad Pitt heist on a train, right? He's, he's, yeah, like a bunch it, of assassins it, on a train. Yeah. It's on my list. It's on my list. I've heard very good things. I'm checking Frost's for any... That's a good poker face. More when confused I said, than anything, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, well, I've heard good things about it, and then you didn't react, so I don't know if I have heard good things about it or not. Most people like it. Oh, okay, great. I didn't like it. Uh, I liked it. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's fine. I think the, the – it, it's good. No, no, I, I, it's above fine. It's good. Um, I wish there was cooler things in it. I just wish there were moments of spectacle that would elevate it above – generic action movie and unfortunately there wasn't did it feel um did it feel like having a uh, a vested interest in D uh helped you appreciate the movie more maybe did it hurt the movie do you think if someone went in and didn't know shit about D would would they be fine enjoying like, there was there was a couple moments like uh, a a plot point this is not spoiler a plot point uh in the movie is the sorcerer character has to attune to a magical item in order mm. to use it as part of their heist um and it takes this magical uh the sorcerer character uh, a, a good while to attune to it uh, and only after, you know, they uh, undergo like a big uh, character development, do they finally like unlock the ability to attune to it. You know, as someone who plays d d it's like, no, that can just be done during a long rest. Like attunement is you don't have to even roll for attunement. You just attune to stuff. You could just do that once for every long rest. Right. You can just do that. And so like, yeah, the DM in me was like, that's not how that works mechanically. But it didn't matter because story wise, it was a really important uh, character moment and it was a good visual way to tell the story of that character and yeah. so like to me it was like oh it's fine it was like I know a lot of people uh, in the early trailer days were complaining that a uh, that a uh, a druid can't wild shape into an owl bear and you know what who cares it was awesome <laughs> <Druid> <laughs> wild also, owl bears aren't real let the druid do whatever they want 
right? Like it was fun. It was a fun thing to watch. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you um I mean obviously like it uh I mean we'll see. Maybe once once VOD and all that is is factored in, maybe it'll break even at the box office or break even, you know, for its for its budget and marketing and everything. Uh, do I, you think in a uh, sequel, do you think uh, this could be one of those movies where a sequel like really pushes, uh, like elevates it to the next level? Do you think like this as a dry run could, could work really well a second time or um, like, do you kind of see this as the end of the franchise? Um, Let's see here. Hold on for a second. Worldwide, this has grossed almost 180 million. Oh, so at that point, it's probably, if not broken, even close to breaking even after like budget. Five bucks here. once we're done. Hell yeah. Subway. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming this has made its money back. Yeah. Uh, the. I can't imagine this movie getting a sequel, and I yeah. don't think it should. I think if they are going to make a Dungeons and Dragons franchise, have just a different party, different a different story. party yeah, every time. Like absolutely. An anthology of sorts. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it. and that would be a lot of fun. You could even have them like bump into one of these cast members that was in this party, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I think that's that's the way to do it. It didn't like 180 million isn't super awesome mega gangbusters, so mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be worth it. Yeah, for the studio, I imagine but this will be a movie that has real legs on streaming when it comes there because I feel like Game Night, oh, yeah. which was uh, the creators previous movie um, mm-hmm. or one of whatever they, a movie that they were well known for. Um, that's a movie. I know a lot of people ended up uh, really uh, uh, gravitating towards once it came to streaming and finding love for it there. So it feels mm-hmm. like a, a movie that uh, people will be able to just kind of turn on, on a whim on a Friday night and watch and enjoy. Oh, absolutely. And I like just taking a quick look at the, like at the domestic returns uh, for it. It it has had relatively good legs mm-hmm. for a movie of its budget. <laughs> shouldn't, um, shouldn't have opened in the Mario orbit. Shouldn't have opened in the Mario orbit. <laughs> yeah. So I like, hopefully once it gets to video on demand, it will make its money back. Uh, I'm seeing Damien Glenn says budget was 150 million. So, uh, you know, usually what you do then is you double that budget for marketing. Uh, and so it needs to make 300 million in order to make its return on investment, uh, approximately. So right now it's not looking great. Cookie's upset about something. Cookie's upset that we're not getting the Dungeons and Dragons cinematic universe. No, but it's, (laughs) it's so weird. Like. It's uh, to me, it's a very strange, it's a very strange and unnecessary movie that, like I said, I do, I did enjoy. And like all the little nods to D and D players are very fun and they are, they're not distracting. Like, it's not like they stop the movie in order to tell a little, uh, have a little D and D insider information, which is very fun. But it's like Dungeons and Dragons in general is a game that invites you to tell your own story. Mm-hmm. Like it is the this like, you know, campaigns that last years and you'll still remember like, oh, this one time I did this one thing six months ago that was amazing and character breaking. And like that was my that was my character. That was me doing that thing. And now they're like taking that away from us. So it's like this weird it exists in this weird place where it probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Cause it's influence is felt, even if you don't play D and D, if you are anywhere near sort of the 
video game fantasy realm it's it's influences felt on the things you love um, oh yeah you know it's it's arguably as influential as the most influential video game on video games if any of that makes sense dungeons and dragons yeah yeah i, no, want, dungeons- I want this instead of ai just have directors <laughs> that are going to make high fantasy stuff just have a have a go of of some dungeons and dragons and be like you know what the character died in that he's gonna die in this yeah, I love it. I love it. No, like Dungeons and Dragons as a game has probably been the most influential of all. It created role playing as mm-hmm. a genre. Like role playing yeah. games did not exist before Dungeons and Dragons. It it cannot be underestimated uh, or understated how important Dungeons and Dragons is to the things that we play today. Yeah. Uh, that being said, like the movie's good. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I'll watch it again. I don't know, like, if it's good enough for me to spend that time watching it again, you know? Yeah. Uh, Is it it because it was too intense and abrasive? Like, it was (laughs) those other movies? You know, your dancer in the dark? (laughs) As soon as they started peeling the skin off of Chris Pine, it was like, ooh, this is good, but just not for. He's too pretty. (laughs) Leave his skin where it is. I'm making Tolkien fans mad. I shouldn't be. Dungeons and Dragons. You didn't play Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you read Lord of the Rings. And then, uh, you know, Gygax and a friend took the things they loved about Lord of the Rings and applied it to make you a character. Uh, So settle down. Did they have any references to Gygax or any of that? Big B? I didn't. I I didn't notice any, Mm. like, you know... Gygax Memorial or whatever, but there probably was. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what uh, Cole, uh, who's the other guy? Gygax, and I want to say it's something Cole, something, uh, the other, the other creator of the original. Oh, someone will, someone will put it in chat. J. Cole, the rapper. Yeah. J. Cole, the rapper. That was him. Cole Sprouse from Riverdale, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to be confused with his brother, oh, Dylan Sprouse. Yes. Yes, that was it. Um, so, you know, like they, they had fun references to like their their universe and their stories and, and the mechanics of it. The, like, like I said, the really fun coleslaw. Oh, yeah, it was coleslaw, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on for a second. I, I feel terrible because it's like, or Arnes. Oh, was it Arneson? Was it, was it, uh, did it? Brad Arneson? Yes, Dave Arneson. Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson were the original creators of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I got coal from. That's all right. But, um, you know, even even the fact that like uh, Chris Pine's character would give these like really great speeches uh, right before an intense moment. And like as a DM, it's like, oh, he's giving them bardic inspiration. That's really fun. Yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> like and they never mentioned him inspiring anyone. They never mentioned the mechanic. But you kind of just know like, oh, <laughs> he's doing a yeah, bard thing. How to, how to kind of like visualize in a filmic language the things that you do as actions of the game. Yes, yeah. exactly. Are the creators of D&D mega billionaires? Uh, Gary Gygax has passed. Uh, Dave Arneson, I believe, was ousted by uh, from the company a long time ago. So I believe uh, neither of them are mega billionaires. No. Um, also, Dave Arneson also passed away, uh, but was uh, but had a uh, contentious legal battle 
with Gary Gygax early on in the days, which is why, uh, for some re- uh, little history, uh, for a long time, they only would publish advanced Dungeons & Dragons material, not Dungeons & Dragons material, because advanced Dungeons & De- Dragons was legally distinct from Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> That's all you have to do is actually, if you put the name advanced in front of you, like you yes. can make a movie called Advanced Batman, and oh. DC can't sue you because like, it's Advanced Batman. Was that not the last Movie. It's different Batman. It's advanced Batman. Yeah, a whole entirely different Batman. So, so yeah, there was a, a a tough legal battle, but the two the two of them created like the first proto D and D together, and then created Dungeons and Dragons together, and then a whole bunch of uh, legal bullshit happened. Uh, we'll get a movie of that. Someday. That actually <laughs> would be really interesting. There's a really great book if you're interested. It's called yeah. Slaying the Dragon. Uh, is, which is a history of Dungeons and Dragons up until they are bought by uh, Wizards of the Coast. It's phenomenal. It's a really interesting history and a really great read, even if you're not necessarily into Dungeons and Dragons. There you go. But in, in any case, uh, it's a good movie. I recommend it. I, that's one that you can just recommend. Like, oh, it's it's cute. Uh, it's funny. The characters have good and interesting relationships. I want to see Hugh Grant in more things in general. Of Hugh Grant. Uh, Hugh Grant is great. Uh, by the way, for the person who called Chris Pine a rogue, that's what Hugh Grant is. Let's be honest. Um, you know, it's it's really fun. It's a really fun movie that I can very easily recommend to anyone because it's a fun adventure ad- fantasy movie. Yeah. That being said, you know, is it is it taking the world by storm? Is it is it blowing my britches down? Not necessarily, you know. My britches. Sometimes <laughs> I like walking out of a movie and still having my britches, though. <laughs> so if, if you have plans later on in the day, you don't have to, like, yeah. go home and get new ones. Yeah. So that's always nice. Well, you eat before uh, the theater. Yeah. Mm. I'm, too, I'm too full to have my britches blown <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, Jack, you watched a couple other things. Did any of them stand up? You mentioned uh, you watched. Did you finish Jury Duty? Oh, yes. We finished yeah. Jury Duty, uh, which, by the way, if y'all haven't seen Jury Duty, yeah. so flipping good. Um, full, yeah, that was the one we talked yeah. about two two weeks ago, I think. But the, all the episodes are out now on Freebie for free uh, with commercials. You can watch it. You can watch it for free. TV, it's it's a phenomenal show. If you want to watch it through there. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very funny. I'm I'm very biased only because my cousin directed it um, and we have the exact same comedic taste. I'm not biased because he's family, because if he makes something that's shit, I'll definitely say that it's shit uh, because we're family. But uh, we have the same taste. Uh, in fact, in the final episode, they have a little behind the scenes. You can see him a little bit uh, and you can hear him laugh, which is my laugh, which is very creepy. <laughs> uh, we have we have a very similar uh, high pitched laugh. Uh, I love it. So. In any case, uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit without any of the caveats because none of my family was in it (laughs) or helped create it. Your laugh's not in it either. Uh, No, like if you watch, if you had a camera in my house of me watching it, Mm -hmm. you would have heard my laugh laughing at several parts because I thought it was funny. But if you had that camera, please, please stop that. Bonus features. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. uh, Jury Um, duty is a. Okay, so Pure Pyro, here's the pitch for Jury Duty. It, it's not a sitcom. It is a documentary about being a juror during a, a civil litigation in uh, California. Mm-hmm. Except for it's not a documentary. It's a mockumentary, and every single person is an actor, and it's a made-up case. Except for one guy who thinks it's a real documentary and doesn't know that everyone else is an actor. Yeah. So it's very much uh, – I've heard uh, – 
it, it being referenced alongside like the Joe Schmo show, which is a show I've never seen. I think it's way better than those like impractical jokers or anything yeah. like that. And it's it's not cruel and it's uh a lot of like hidden camera stuff is like cruel. Like the joke isn't on this guy because the guy's like really sweet. Oh, also like yeah. they they go like this guy, as it turns out, is like the most uncorruptible morally yeah. great man like that they just happen to find yeah. they throw some weird curveballs at him and he is just an upstanding dude yeah. all the time it's crazy yeah uh, like 12 yeah. angry men again <laughs> it's a, it, it really is uh and it's very funny uh james marsden is in it playing As himself james marsden yeah uh and it's it's really funny and it's free to watch uh so uh i recommend it this is my favorite free v show of all time <laughs> it's the only one I've ever watched, but it's, the only one. <laughs> it's what it's it's the Game of Thrones of Freebie. In my yeah. uh, you also yeah, you well. both had your own separate Willow journeys. Yeah, but mine was the movie, not the yeah. show. I just watched uh, the which movie. The movie's again. great, right? Well, well, I guess. Lovely. What did you think of the movie? You don't have to say it's great if you didn't like it. I mean, this is my like third time watching it. I oh, okay. It's yeah. you know grand stellar stuff. I'm not even a big fantasy guy, but I just like the story, I like the simplicity, and I love Val Kilmer. Yeah, hell yeah. We're so good. Oh my god, Mad Mardigan. Mad Mar- like Willow is so fun. Like it's such a good movie. It's it's that like, you know, real dirty ass fantasy where they did not have a budget, but man, they were going to try. Love it. Willow we Lo- can never die. Willow we can never die, and I finally got around to catching up on the series, which I still have not finished. Mm-hmm. Uh cuz time in general, we there's so little of it. Uh, what I can say is so like I watched uh, I watched like the next four or five episodes. So I'm now like six or seven episodes deep into the Willow series. And I love it so much, even though there are many reasons why I should not. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> which is, is art. This, art is subjective. Do you think this is one of those cases where like you are a mark for its nostalgia? Which I have said, I don't mean that pejoratively. I have said I am, I am a mark for my own personal nostalgia. Like, um, ooh, and, and you know, here's the thing: I don't think that my enjoyment of it has anything to do with the nostalgia of it. Okay, I think there is uh, the things they are doing. Like, I uh, love stuff like Riverdale. Like, I love teen angst, uh, hyper drama. And uh, I also love a really good allegory. I love Monsters Metaphor. And that's like the Willow series is all about like parental guilt, generational uh, disappointment, dealing with uh, a father who's abandoned you, dealing with being a parent and not being there to uh, to foster your children's uh, wishes. It Like they really wrap up a lot of parental. No- it's just like Bo is Afraid. That's basically what I'm saying. It's what uh, Star Wars wants to be. It's <laughs> Even like when the, he goes yeah. and meets Yoda and he goes, you remind me of your mother. <laughs> so like there is, there is a ton of allegory in the Willow series that I am an absolute mark for whether or not it had the Willow name or not. That being said, it did cross a line for me. I know like my wife tapered off after the first two episodes because she she didn't like she's like, everyone's talking 
modern and their outfits oh. aren't necessarily fantasy i don't know she 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 bowed out she's like i can't get into it everyone's talking like normal 2020 teens and she bowed out and that kind of stuff doesn't bother me there was a point in the most recent episode in which they run into a character who is straight up wearing a graphic tee like they're wearing a t-shirt with a band name on it and a like a logo on it and it that hit to me was like oh they they they're not trying they're they've just stopped even trying a little bit ha <laughs> uh that being said yeah oh i'm sorry go ahead Frost. when when is what's the setting like time period 1932 oh it's willow it's willow it's it's it takes place 20ish years after willow oh man this, you know uh, and the character who is wearing a graphic tee is in it for maybe a minute and a half. They are a very minor character. Uh, they play the daughter of Kevin Pollock, the brownie, who's in, who's like I said, a minute and a half of screen time. It's very minimal. And I assume that's she's Kevin wearing a Pollock's. very small graphic tee. She's wearing a very small graphic tee. Oh, no. I assume that's Kevin Pollock's actual daughter, which is why he agreed to be in it again. It's like, I'll just shoot with my actual daughter, like get her some money. And she just didn't care. So she wore a graphic tee and no one told her no. But that being said, uh, it it has some fantastical moments into it. Christian Slater shows up uh, and he does a great job. Uh, They're dealing with some stuff and I love it. Uh, And I Christian Slater seems like a dude who could have been in the original. Yes. Like, uh, if you yeah. would told me, like, oh, yeah, Christian Slater had deleted scenes of the original, I'd be like, yeah, sounds right. Oh, 100%. And, and yeah. you know what? He kills it. He, he gives it 100% in the movie or yeah. in the TV show. Uh, it's great. Uh, there's a couple moments that if you are not accustomed to schlock, you will bow out real fast. Uh, going back to our theme of can I recommend this? Probably yeah. not. There's a moment if you remember. Oh, Frost, you just watched the movie, so you remember the uh, the trolls. Yeah, you know the ah, ah, the trolls, right? Uh, The trolls uh, in the series they talk uh, much like normal humans talk. Uh Yes, uh, and it's played as a bit of a record scratch joke. It's like all right, (laughs) but I still love it. Uh, So what are you gonna do? One last thing you said you watched. It was you watched Nope. Was this your first Nope? Was this your first Noping? This was my first Noping. I finally got it. I finally got around. Nope's been on my list for quite some time. Finally got around to it. And Jesus Christ, what a great movie! It's an amazing. Yeah, Darren. When we uh, when we were counting down our favorite movies of last year, I think it was in the top five for both Darren and I. As it should be. Yeah, it's a really good movie. My my children um, very often uh, hang out uh, with their grandma and will watch a movie. And a couple weeks ago, they came home from grandma movie night, my 11 and 14 year old, and said, we watched Nope. <laughs> and we're like, what? That, and, you know, we look that's rated R. But all right. Um, they loved the crap out of it. And they're like, you guys got to see Nope. And I was like, I know we got to see Nope. Why did you oh, see Oh, no, nope? my kids are cooler than me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could have been worse. My parents took me to Passion of the Christ when I was that age. <laughs> Happy Easter. Yeah, that's not one I'd recommend for being hard to watch. I don't, has anyone ever seen that twice? No. No. Uh, uh, Catholics, a lot of Catholics. Oh, okay. Yeah, every that's a yearly view. It's like, like a Christmas story. We play it during mass. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a lock in event. It's really uh, it's <laughs> yeah. really awful. But uh, no, Nope's is fantastic, and I don't want to say anything more um, because I somehow went into Nope completely spoiler free, which is really that's really actually cool. that impressive. Movie did a great job. No. That movie is a great movie that uh, kept its marketing very close to the vest. Um, yes, even if you like leading up to release, watch the trailers and stuff, you didn't really know what the movie was or what it was about and everything Mm -hmm. and man jordan peele is just like a a gift of a filmmaker yeah Uh, yeah like it's shocking yeah no and and you know like uh great theming throughout Mm -hmm. like the the like you know thinking back on on parts of the movie that you think are narratively disconnected that as it turns out uh you know align with the theme per uh perfectly mm-hmm. it, it watching it all come together it's masterful watch it uh if you don't have any spoilers uh keep keep that up and just go watch it it's uh, that's yeah. something that i want to recommend to everyone because it's so brilliant yeah even if you're not uh, a crazy big horror movie. Like I recommend my, I recommended my mom, and she watched it really like. And she's not like huge on horror movies or anything. Yeah. So I think it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can you can watch it without uh, uh, without fear of of having nightmares. Um, oh so, yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. Jordan Peele, uh, incredibly talented. His uh, next movie coming out a few years on Christmas. I wonder if it's a Christmas movie. Which are his three again? Get Out, Nope, and Us. That is kind of the forgotten okay, middle of those about mm. doppelgangers. That's a top Doppel. five doppelganger movie. It's a doppelganger movie. Yeah, not to be confused with Doppler gangers, which is gangs who just love following the weather. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, <laughs> they love those Doppler radars. That's sonar, I think, but I, I liked the, the noise of it. Oh, so. part of the Dar family. <laughs> or R? Nar? <laughs> whatever. Whatever family that is. Soulsborn. Been a member for 26 months. Thank you so much, Soulsborn in the tip jar. Everyone who saw Evil Dead Rise will never look at cheese graters the same again. Uh, yeah, which is a, t- a tough beat for me because I love cheese graters. Yeah, I love, I mean, I love cheese night, and know? I love creating it. Yeah, <laughs> can't go to oh an Olive God, Garden no. ever again. Yeah, <laughs> so like, when you want freshly, freshly buried parm, and I just start crying <laughs> at the table. Uh, Frost, what did you what did you check out besides? Uh, what did I check out? Willow, anything worth talking about? Uh, Sir Mario left a hankering for fun, fancy, free video game based mm-hmm. films, so I went and watched yeah. Wreck-It Ralph for the first time ever. And it, it really almost, I could hear Jack going, children's movies can be better. And as I'm watching, I was like, this is a lot better in, in, in recent memory, too. Because I, I don't like digging into my nostalgia. Because as soon as I draw anything that's like in the like 20-year-old realm, people go, oh, you're just nitpicking your old memories and stuff and whatnot. Yeah. I was like, Record Ralph's pretty, pretty recent-ish, right? Sure, a sure. A lot of plot, yeah. a lot of good stuff, a lot, a lot of its own... Uh, would sound just like, hey, DiCaprio moments. You see that? See this? But well, it still offered something like within its own space. So that was that was kind of nice to watch. And then uh, it's just been a it's been a, an easygoing week. It's mostly my girlfriend that was at the helm with the remote. I ended up watching Seven Kings Must Die. If you guys don't know that, it's the last. It's the final film for the series The Last Kingdom, which is kind of Game of Thronesy. It was. The series Nick, Nick is, talked about the series before. He's it's like about on Netflix, watch, right? Like yeah, Netflix. It's, and not, it's a Netflix one. It's a very, it's a very, very good series. Like I absolutely adore it. The film left me kind of wanting. Where I go, some things really are meant for TV. I guess it, it felt like a, a TV um, show that was constricted, compacted, and just made into a movie to just end. Just let's be done with this. 
Seven <laughs> Kings Must Die. That, that that's a that's a very pronounced title. Yeah, I'm gonna say that to me. That sounds like an awesome kung fu movie. Yeah, yeah. I would go but, see Seven Kings Must mm-hmm. Die and be disappointed that it's not a kung fu movie. Yeah, no. Yeah. We're, so. we're, these are like old. We're talking Danes. So. Danes Man. in old England, so like 1914 kind of time. <laughs> and uh, then, was it finished off with, uh, just to be back on the topic with the films that are kind of hard to watch, but you still enjoyed I watched Stephen King's Mist, well, the adaptation. Uh, oh, my God, I Mist. love the Mist. What oh, a, fuck yeah. Yeah, what a film. Very hard to watch in, in certain moments, especially with the, um, what I don't like too much are religious crazies. Right, but I still yeah. like that it was offset by the the biker guy that was like, "I'm also a Christian. I just don't think God's that big of an asshole." I was like, yeah. that's, "That's very well done. Congratulations!" And then obviously the ending where I go, "Wow, yeah, okay, yeah. Tom yeah. Jane didn't know you had it in you. Fuck yeah! Oh, we all knew he had it in him. Uh, <laughs> did we? Huh? Oh, I love him. Of course, of course, he has it in him. He's the Punisher. He's the Punisher, man. One of the many. What are what the many the- punishers? <laughs> I'm Jane. Uh, also, Jane. shout out to that movie Tom having uh, Andre Brower in it uh, before he became Captain Holt on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. And he also, had, you also had, had the cast of The Walking Dead because I think it's directed by the guy who made the first two seasons. Uh, mm-hmm. Frank Darabont, yeah. yeah. He also that's uh, the guy who uh, directed The Green Mile and uh, I, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. Well. Yeah. I, I also have in Hard to Watch The Green Mile. I can't. Oh, I watched that. Yeah. I, I walked into the on? room. I walked into the room as a child, seeing Michael Clark Duncan saying, "Don't, don't put that on my head. I'm a scared of the dark." I said, yeah. "What's happening?" Yeah, What's happening? that's a, like, that is hard to watch. Yeah. It, but but it's heartfelt. It's, it's a heartfelt. It's heart wrenching murder. <laughs> yeah, heart yeah, yeah, ripping out of me. Execution. Yeah, yeah, no. I, a part of me died with him there. Rough, rough going. Great movie. Rough going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, mm. those literally are just films that uh, the category is. I want to feel emotionally devastated. I was like, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha you. Yeah, feel bad like, movies of the year. <laughs> for me, for me, it's Mr. Holland's Opus. I will watch mm. Mr. Holland. Like if I was like, if, if I'm feeling like stuffed up, like I need a good cry. Cause right. like I'm feeling a little emotionally dead. Oh, a little Mr. Holland's opus will clear that right up. Balling. See, I just, Ballin'. I just grab a Disney film. It doesn't have to be so drastic. Encanto, Coco again. Oh, I feel good. Feeling all right. No. Oh, actually that was one we just watched. We, we watched Encanto too. Oh, so good. So good. Fucking yeah. the songs, the beautiful Encanto. Did you guys see uh, Strange World, the uh, Disney one from uh, last last Thanksgiving? Nobody saw that. Get out of that one. I saw it. Nobody Darren saw, saw it. It's, it's your, Nobody it's, saw it's your that. jobs to see those, to saw those. Uh, no, no one saw it. It, they, it bombed. And I, it feels like Disney uh, like, well, I'm to treat it like a tax write off because I didn't even advertise it. Um, right. It's very nice. It's very, it's very nice. It's one of those Disney movies. There's no songs. There's no bad guys. <laughs> Which make, might make what? it sound like what's what's going on here? It's just about like a group that's like, oh, we're in a strange world. We got to figure out how to get out. Like one and of the like, what one of the best the parts about is, Disney is the struggle. Oh. The struggle is getting out of this environment. They're in a strange world. Trust. We're so in a strange weird. world, Marty. Oh, oh damn! Oh, he got you there. Takes a giant bong grip. Uh, <laughs> Snake of the garden. That's how you get that blue check mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
we're in a strange world. <laughs> uh, uh, Stick of the Garden. Thank you so much, Eve, with a two euro dono. Uh, have y'all seen Poker Face, Bad Sisters, or Shrinking? I know Marty's seen two of the three, but I'm wondering if Jack has. None only of those? Wi- only Willow. Only Willow. Only uh, Willow. First of all, like, there's a way. All, what you have to know is, like, we, we got off of, like, you know, a week and a half of 24 hours shooting and writing. Before that, I was writing and editing and after that i'm now editing like trying to get adventures nigh out in some sort of prompt manner uh is it takes a whole lot so i thought i assumed a 90 minute episode only took 90 minutes but like the same thing with a movie i'm like it's two it's three hours long how long did it take to make this movie three and a half yeah so i had i had a free day and i watched willow and i don't regret it (laughs) Uh, highly recommend at least of those poker face i loved that's the um it's very much like a modern day uh colombo hell yeah, um, yeah that's what i've heard Leon is wonderful. and what is that on uh it peacock, is on peacock. It? Peacock. peacock if you will um it's on the cock it's on the cock uh <laughs> nice. mr holland's old puss uh <laughs> <laughs> mr holland hey you know what else is on the cock mr holland's old puss <laughs> Drop it on the (laughs) Get out of here. You can't be on the podcast. (laughs) Um, And shrinking. If you like Ted Lasso, I recommend shrinking. Also, Ted Lasso, I've been keeping up on. It's its final season. Those episodes, let me tell you, those episodes are starting to get beefy. Those episodes are like an hour long. And I'm like, what happened? What happened to a tight 25 of season one? (laughs) They're still good. because it's the last season, right? It is last season. So, it's still it's still good. I feel like I'm going to wait for it, it all to come together. I feel like it's losing a bit of its fastball in this last season. Um, uh, and it's, it's trying to be about a lot. And, and every character is a main character now. So uh, um, still still enjoying it. However, uh, Shrinking is by the same creators as Ted Lasso. Okay. Starring uh, Jason Siegel, who I love in uh, uh, uh forgetting sarah marshall oh, uh, also harrison ford and it's just nice to see harrison ford smile and wear um, just modern day clothing modern day yeah. human clothing um and and shrinking <laughs> shrinking is very nice very easy to watch if you like ted lasso and that kind of blend of of comedy and and sometimes dealing with serious stuff uh highly recommend shrinking also oh, on apple great. tv plus yeah the scrubs like of um, apple tv <laughs> Yeah, and that's the same guy, Bill Lawrence. He created all three of them. What? Oh, oh, look at that. Did you know that? No, I did not. Oh, well, that's a fun fact. Uh, Frost, you made like a you you made a very astute observation. You didn't even realize it. Look good on yeah. that. Just know. <laughs> so good. I'm as it turns out, Frost is just a genius. I'm a, uh, I'm a you god. Are, you are a savunt. Um, savunt. That, savunt. I think that about does it. I think that about does it for us. Um, oh, good. Uh, yeah, guys, we had a great show. I had a great. I had a great time. I wanted to hear we about had... your lost rewatch. Oh man! Oh, it's it's going it's going very well. I'm on uh, season, season three, episode five. Oh no, that's uh, where it starts to get bad. <laughs> uh, well, we got some rockiness here. We're about to have. We're about to get to Stranger in a Strange Land, which is the yeah, episode yeah. about Jack's tattoos, which is which there is a little. Is that when the strike happened? Rocky. This is uh, we're we're right in the midst of the strike, and when ABC told uh, Damian Lindelof and Carlton Cuse that they wanted the show to go on forever, and so they were like, "If you want us to go on forever, here are Nikki and Paolo, two background characters that we're going to elevate as main characters. We'll see how much you like that." Um, it 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 uh, it doesn't crash the plane though. It 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 um it it swerves. 
it writes itself, and I think the I think the show becomes uh, uh, brilliant afterwards once it has a finish line in sight. Right. Yes. See, I want the show or the film about the production of Lost, where every episode lines up with the episode, and you just see the stress, the the writers strike. They're like, you know, what? they want this to last forever. I'm going to kill these characters. I'm going to kill the show. <laughs> we're we're going to show them just how bad it can be. Yeah, I want I want the room, but now all while I was living in Hawaii, like living in literal paradise. Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember like something I remember early in Lost, it was like when the first season DVD came out and like they had a, a few really fun behind the scenes featurettes was uh about them dealing with the fact that we are now in the digital era of things. These are all like, you know, older schooler filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the trailer for Lost, uh, they, they had a polar bear jump at the camera. Uh, but in the original cut of the trailer, like literally it was just like a giant stuffed polar bear that they threw at the camera. And so if you were watching that trailer, like in a movie house, it would go by in two seconds yeah. and you wouldn't think twice about it. That's a polar bear jumping at the camera. But because it was the digital era, people were freeze framing it to see like, <laughs> like the big dumb looking stuffed polar bear yeah. and being like, this show is going to suck. Look, they have a stuffed polar bear. <laughs> And so they actually had to re-edit the trailer for TV because they didn't understand that people could pause it. <laughs> that is incredible. I love it. It was a really great little behind the scenes feature about how they were trying to like change a lot of the effects for the show to make them better in the digital era. So neat. it's also it's it's funny just uh, especially the first season being uh, so it came out in the fall of 2004 and that was kind of right at the precusp of the of the HD era mm. and uh, it is very clear watching the show now in you know whatever it's streaming on Hulu HD I don't know 4K it's probably not 4K but whatever it is um, certain cameras were clearly like better cameras than other ones in the same conversations because there'll be like a, a, a wide shot, a two shot, and the characters look great. And then they'll cut to the individual shots and it looks like standard definition. And I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> this is so weird. Um, it's, it's part of that, a part of that transitional period where, oh, we got a couple different cameras. <laughs> yeah. And at the time, they're like, man, it's all going to look the same when you're dumb, fat TV you have in your living room and no one's thinking about someone actually watching this, you know, 20 years later. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm burning through it quick. So I'll have, I'll have, uh, I'll have more to say, um, more to say soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, but with that, uh, uh, Jack. What do you got I'm going Jack. on? What your books check out? You mentioned uh, obviously Adventures and I, uh, Side Quest oh, Episode Two uh, went out to members over the weekend, and will go out to everyone uh, this um, upcoming uh, Saturday. And on this so upcoming, we're halfway done with the season. We are halfway done with the season. Uh, episode three is uh, being animated currently. Uh, and I I have a problem. I, we talked about this on Friday during our Adventures live stream, which is like I. I, I have a I have a, a an attention span problem in general, but specifically on whatever it is I'm working on. And so, like, I completely forgot about SideQuest as we were shooting season three because you know you just fall in love with the story and what's happening right you now. Were so I mean, that was like a that was absolutely a full time job while you were shooting that. Yeah, right, right. And and you know, like, you just get real deep. Like, oh, this this oh, this is the best. This is the absolutely the best. Mm-hmm. Nothing can beat this. And then you know, it's like I. I struggle and pull myself back to edit side quest two and i'm like plinking away at episode excuse you 
<laughs> Sorry, my dog. Um, I'm clinking away <laughs> at episode three, uh, and then just re falling in love with it again. And you know, Amy and Jesse and Jamate, just like their their chemistry together, and like their stupid, stupid plans. God, I love how stupid they are. Um, uh, I say that with all the love in the world because they make really fun, big decisions. And so it's like, who cares about season three? I'm back in love with side quests. That is the only <laughs> thing that matters because uh, I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And once uh, side, uh, side quest wraps, we have, I guess we haven't figured out exactly when season three is going to launch. But we have no clue. I am literally like there is so much footage for season three. Omar has to physically mail me a hard drive. That's the only way to get me all of that footage. Uh, which I don't Break have yet. Cloud. I haven't. I haven't seen any of the footage that we shot, which is good because I need to concentrate on side quest. That's a bad. He up, lost right? it all, and he's like, he's trying yes. to like animate okay. it. He's trying to chat chat GP everything. Oh, it is, oh yes, no, it is all backed up, and then he will yeah. he will make a third copy that he will send to me, which I will then back up. <laughs> Um, so no, it's so exciting. It's so very, very exciting. Uh, we get to play a game, uh, for, for part of our job and that's super fun. Thank you. That's all you mentioned, uh, adventures live, uh, check mm. out last week's episode. That is every other week. So it will not be this Friday. Correct. However, it will be, uh, the following Friday, which is the fifth, fifth. The fifth. We'll be back on yes, May fifth. We'll be back on May fifth. Absolutely. Excellent. Uh, for us, what do you got going on? Let's see here. Uh, cold take release for everybody yesterday. That'll be a fun time Ooh. talking about money and why I don't like money. Talking about money <laughs> when it comes to video games. That's just not the conversation for me. You get to find it's out. Got the most Wario on any Escapist <laughs> thumbnail of this year. It's beautiful. Which is one. It's one Wario. But I love, he's, he's featured. I love the thumbnails. Oh my God! Speaking of Wario, right he's there. Look at that. More Wario. Wario. Wario Land Two. Right there. Yeah. And then Friday, <laughs> we, Amy and I, will be playing through the Lion King, the old school Lion King game that made many children uh, need therapy growing up. Yeah. 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 And then. Yeah. Yeah. Persona Stream made many people weekend? hate video games. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Made people hate video games. Uh, and then, yeah, Persona Stream is this weekend. Yeah, we, I need to message you guys about that. Um, uh, yeah, we're doing another uh, all day Persona Stream on Ooh. Saturday. Um, it'll be a lot like the last one. I think we'll start at 10 a.m. Uh, we'll go all the way to game night, um, and and we'll have uh, all the familiar pals jumping on throughout the day. So um, tune in for that. And then uh, no more streams uh, later today, uh, no more escape of streams because uh, Nick just got back from his uh, very <laughs> long and tiring uh, journey. So uh, no escape of streams today. Uh, I'll be back uh, later tonight, though, uh, around 6 p.m., 5.30 or 6 p.m. my time, uh, starting Breath of the Wild. I'm almost there. I've almost Ooh. finished every Zelda game on stream. Beautiful. And I'm right at the finish line because Tears of the Kingdom is a-cooking. It Wait, is, it, it like... Is. Have you even done the handhelds? No, I just did the main ones. Oh, okay. And I played okay. one and two by myself, but then I did. Uh, so about a year ago, I started with uh, Link to the Past, and then I did Link's Awakening, uh, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and then just finished Skyward Sword. Um, oh, Jesus. A couple days ago. So there you go. Um, Beautiful. Uh, on to Breath of the Wild, uh, uh, leading up to Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, to that, I have my my first piece about those games. I'm going to be writing. My my grand plan is this to be an 18 part series. Uh, so far, uh, one one is out, uh, and I have two more written though. So that's that's oh, a positive. Okay. So at least yeah, yeah. three of the 18 will be done. But I want to write a, a short little a short little thingy on uh, each game. And so I wrote uh, on Beautiful. how the original Legend of Zelda's secret weapon was its trust in you, the player. Oh. 
Um, so check that out. And then uh, really in terms cool. of escape streams tomorrow, uh, we'll be back. Uh, Post CP Yahtzee will be playing Dead Island 2. Yeah. Uh, we'll have breakout afterwards um, and then get Jesse to the Greek uh, following that. Thursday, uh, we'll be back. Nick will be starting Alan Wake and Casey and I will be playing more Half-Life on a controller because every time someone says uh, you should use a mouse and keyboard, uh, we're uh, going to play even more with a controller. Yeah. It's also, we brought, up your, we brought up your mouse chuck. Yeah. My, my, uh, my, uh, my, what is it called? My we couldn't chuck. I love my chuck. I, I love my chuck. If you, uh, do you need me to send you it? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. We just brought it up as no, because Casey's playing. I don't think Casey, Casey's a button boy for life. Um, oh, and by the way, it's a perfectly playable game on a controller. Like you can. Oh, it is. One problem yeah. though is we're playing on the PC version and some of the bindings are a little wonky and like yeah. going in to change the bindings. Like I think what we're going to do is for episode one and two, I'm just going to buy a 360 copy of the orange box oh you could play but yeah like like they're a little expensive they're a little expensive nowadays but you can still find the frag chuck thank you pure pyro split fish frag chuck which all it is is it's literally just a wireless chuck that will uh, replace wasd with a thumb controller and then it has a couple extra buttons on it perfect for first person games because then you use that for movement you use your mouse for aiming uh it's the only way i play first person games anymore uh on the pc i want one to let me use my light gun nintendo light gun that's that would be how incredible a nunchuck in one hand and a light gun in the other just to move around that'd be a really threatening stream though because you're just pointing (laughs) at the camera and like firing it and Incredible. I can dream. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You can dream. Uh, so yeah, tune in. Uh, tune in for all of that good stuff. Um, thank you, Jack and Frost. Thank you guys so much for joining me. This was a uh, a wonderful chat. Um, we'll definitely we'll get the band back together soon uh, to talk about more nonsense here on the recap. Uh, thank you all to everyone who uh, joined us in chat. Uh, everyone who hung out. Everyone who super chatted, donated um, um, is members. We just really appreciate it. So uh, for Jack and Frost, my name is Marty. This was episode thirty. Thank you guys so much for watching the recap, and we'll see you. Next